from the Three Count Radio International Podcast Studios. As a service to you and that great expense to me, comes the best wrestling podcast in the world. The raving, defending, undisputed, greatest of all time. Featuring the most electrifying host you ever. Pick up a microphone. We are the best in the world at what we do. Mr. Three Count Radio, Mike. It's my charisma. It's my undeniable sex appeal. The first lady of wrestling podcasting and the earliest known person to have an at CodyRose.com email address, Ainsley. And I'm here to tell you how you too can be dashing. The Stroke Doctor, Dr. Stroke. And finally, they're the ghost with the most, babe. Dare. I will punch you in the groin with all of my might. So now, SummerSlam in the Motor City. And I never say nothing good about nobody. The Detroit fans for years have been the most electrifying fans I have ever seen. Now you see that evil will always triumph. Because good is dumb. This is Three Count Radio! And starting this moment from now, from this moment on, this will be the moment starting now. Hello and welcome to the Three Count Radio Big SummerSlam Show. You know, I thought for a second I would make a joke about, we're going to talk about the biggest event that happened at Ford Field in over 15 years and then talk about the Lions preseason game. But then (laughs) I just thought I would make it a little joker. So, hello everybody. Um, This is a big show for more than one reason. First of all, I have my normal host with me. Well, it's a big show. Oh yeah. I have Ainsley. Howdy. We have Dare. It was the biggest party of the summer. The biggest party of the summer. But we also have two special guests on the show. One who has been on Three Count Radio in the past, and one who I think never actually made it on, but was a avid listener back in the day. Um, first of all, we'll introduce Psychic Bill. Uh, I believe Mike forgot that Taylor Swift was recently at Ford Field, which would probably so be the true. biggest event there ever. That is Probably true. I- I thought Too you were nice. going to say that, that Taylor Swift was on the show. I was like, when did that happen? <laughs> she loves wrestling. And um, Dev, Big Dev. I don't know what you want your nickname to be, but... Big Dev's a pretty sweet nickname. Big Dev works. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever actually been on Three Count Radio. I was definitely on uh, Double Count Out Radio. Remember that, Bill? <laughs> I, I uh, do. Yeah. That lasted a whole 15 weeks. Wow. Let's think about it. It's not 14 weeks or 10 weeks. Pretty good. <laughs> Part of the three podcast fan. True. Even already within the cinematic universe. <laughs> Entire podcast fan. We did. It was like, you know, what we used to call it, like the Muppets, and we they were the Muppet Babies. The Muppet Babies. 
was a condescending. What does that make the other show that was? What does that make the other show that got bigger than we ever get? Answering the ten count. Yeah, the, the Muppets take Manhattan. Yeah, they it's were like the, the movies, like, like all the movies combined. Muppet Christmas Carol, plus the um, the Disney uh, resorts and uh, you know rides. Does that make Callum Michael Caine? Yes. Oh, I was going to say Jason Segel from the uh, more recent. One. So yeah, uh, we and we got all all of us here, and uh, four of us went to the show. One could not, sadly. She stands alone. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started, I want to remind everyone once again that this show is brought to you by delicious, hydrating, prime hydration drinks. From Logan Paul. Buy them at your local haberdashery. <laughs> this week I have a blue raspberry. It's delicious. I like. Are we, are we replacing gum news with just like a Logan Paul which, hydration drink news? Yeah. Which flavor of prime am I drinking this week? You need to inform uh, Facebook poster Chris so he can know to like <laughs> information. Time to stand. Uh, yeah. So the, the, I like how you held it up to the camera. Like it's part of the <laughs> presentation of the show. <laughs> the video doesn't go anywhere. Could be. Hey, listen, the aliens are going to get the broadcast at some point. It's so. and we, One day it's when been this confirmed. is discovered. No, it's been confirmed. Like our government yeah. apparently has them. Here. Aliens, here is the uh, ingredient list. So you can recreate this at the, po- the apocalypse. <laughs> Coconut water. For all we you know, know, that's my what. My guess is Logan Paul is an alien. It's true. He looks like one. He might he be. He moves like one. That man is very spry. He's got the moves like Jagger. So <laughs> I feel like we could just throw out this rundown that I'm holding up for our viewers who can't see it. We can just talk about Logan Paul in the cold. True. Isn't that what's on the rundown? It's just Logan Paul five. To Number one. Right. <laughs> First I thing on the rundown, the rundown is the fact. Look at. I was just doing a really good segue. <laughs> it is just Logan that Paul in was. every single segment. Stop. Yeah. So the uh, the uh, the the people who went to the uh, the event, the big SummerSlam event, decided to do a thing before that and go sit out in the sun for three hours to watch your Tampa Bay Rays win the <laughs> uh, the baseballs. They didn't though. Spoilers. I yeah. actually don't know because I did not. I did not watch that game. Much to the surprise of us all, the Tigers won. <laughs> I think I was yeah. parenting yeah. children oh. during that time or something. The Tigers actually won. They won, yeah. Yay, they did. Good job. Yeah, 4-2, right? Yeah, 4-2. Uh, they came, they had a comeback, and then uh, Tampa Bay scored another run, and I think all of us were pretty much like, oh, well, that's it. Tigers yep. lost, even though they were up by three at that point. <laughs> well, I mean, that last inning where... Yeah, where they were trying Ryan everything to lose it. They tried real Could hard to blow, blow there a the pitch yeah. <laughs> or a strike. I yeah, can, they I did can their best. That. I can. Who who pitched for both teams? Uh, Scooble pitched for the Tigers. Yep. I could not. Nope. Not David Price. No. Is he <laughs> not pitch, for a while? Does he pitch at all anymore? <laughs> or he's retired yeah. because of his. He's gone, though. He's. He pulled a Jey Uso. Oh, spoilers. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. I even listen to this show now. That's so new, it's not even on the rundown. I know, that's breaking news. How, oh. how can you say that without oh. giving a spoiler on a wrestling podcast about right. the stuff that happened this past week? 
<laughs> breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> That's funny. Jey Uso is free. So the the best part, my the thing I love about most about the Tigers game. So we get up there and we get to, when Sar Sarsi Sar and we sat down. I sat down in this you know uh, row in front. Oh, that's right. You got to stop it because it's a double soundbite. Um, he <laughs> <laughs> wants you to know. Um, we sat down and then Dare went to go get something to drink, I believe, and maybe use the bathroom. No, no. That's what he does. Did, did he did he ever come to a seat? No. He came <laughs> out of the tunnel. He looked at us yes. in the seats and said, "Nope." And I looked at the around. seats and saw the full. We were we were promised an overcast day by the weatherman. The full <laughs> blaring sun and the no shade anywhere on the ten rows around us. And just turned around and walked back and never came back to the seats. Look, I am beautifully bronzed right now because of that game. So <laughs> I went down to the uh, lower level and went like right by the, kind of where the entrance is and where that whole like food court area is. And there's a couple spots there. There's a standing room, and that's where I watched the game from. He was actually watching much better, from, yeah, from a much better vantage point than we were better, most of the game. Better view of the game, and I wasn't in the sun, so I think I won. <laughs> I can't believe you no sold the uh, the tornadoes and roundabouts guy outside the stadium. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, that's so that good. Was so, weird. Yeah, so we're walking to the entrance of Comerica Park, and we come upon this guy that's just kind of outside of the whole like crowd of people. He's got a little thing set up there. Looks like he's trying to sign people up for something. I figured maybe like a cell phone plan or some kind of infrastructure because it's had a bunch of uh, roundabouts on it. (laughs) I thought, yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was something else, wasn't he? He was he was definitely something else. Um, So then we went by. He's like, "Hey, you guys going to SummerSlam?" And we're like, "Yes, going to SummerSlam." And then he busted out this line. It was perfect. Did you know that there is a direct correlation between the increase in t- tornadoes in the world and the increase of roundabouts? <laughs> my shock by that statement was <laughs> it, it overran my Midwestern raising. And I immediately looked at him and went, no! <laughs> walked away. I don't, I don't think the something. science supports that. No. no. I was expecting something weird, but that was they managed to still shock me. I'm so he lived rent free in my head for most of the Tigers game. Right? The religious crazy guy we ran into later was tame in comparison. Right. Oh, yeah. Because he got put in his place by a certain <laughs> champ that everyone hates on this show. It's true. I Right, like that's a, that's a new one. I think I'm gonna have to go into one of my like crazy crunchy groups and see if I can like uh uh-huh. Find any that, details about that? That guy had a you setup. The, there were props. Props. There, there were there were signage, and yeah, that is visuals. what he decided to do with his Saturday afternoon. Was he inside <laughs> yes. the park or outside? No, no. Okay. he was outside, outside the park, and he was yeah. profiling people based on whether they were going to SummerSlam or not. So he had a very specific demographic. Oh, I'm WWE sure he fans. had some converts. <laughs> yeah. No, if, mean, you, if you don't look beyond the surface, the logic is sound. People are going around in circles in the turnabout, thus creating the air movement, which creates tornadoes. Okay. In the last several years, there's been more extreme weather and more roundabouts. Now, those have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> one's about changes in urban planning, one's about climate change. But in a certain, <laughs> in a certain weird logic, you can see, like, he's not wrong that both of those things have increased recently. <laughs> now, let me ask, how do how do birds play into this? Well, birds aren't birds real. Aren't real. It doesn't matter. Uh, How do? But like, are they surveilling <laughs> this this phenomenon? Yeah, 
the birds are drones that are, you know. I would say the, 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 the bird activity has actually gotten a little more sporadic because they're getting caught up in the extra tornadoes. Yes. That's my concern. Tornadoes. Oh, I thought the birds were helping to cause they did like a, a drop of dirt in the sky that causes rain, like clouds to form around it. That's the birds. The birds, the tornadoes surround the birds. The birds circled around about and then just. Yeah. <laughs> Science. Oh, <laughs> so I went a lo- the same logic route that that guy did and said, there's no way that roundabouts cause tornadoes because as kids, we all created whirlpools in our swimming pools. And there's, there was no increase then. We were constantly. You, you that, could so. barely even change the water flow of a pool by spinning around a lot. So <laughs> that was wild. The other thing that was wild is once the, uh, once the game ended, then the Yaz started. Oh. It started before the game ended, to be fair. That's, that's true. <laughs> what I said, too. Yeah. They, they increased once we won. In the, before that, they were... In the little section, like, right outside of our thing, I, it, it looked upon um, a official mic- merchandise stand. Oh, and re- yeah, that. Re- wrestling fans, you know, we're a different breed of people. Dorks. Right? And there, were, <laughs> there was a line going... From that stand to Comerica Park, to like where the, the sidewalk was at the park, this was several, several hours before the uh, summer slam even started. I think before the doors even opened. Oh, like several hours before the doors yeah. opened. Hours, hours for the doors open. When we came out of the game, there were still two hours for the doors open, and there was, there was a huge line of people waiting to get in, like waiting for the doors to open to get in. To your assigned seats. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing here, folks? <laughs> we're saying yeah a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that was what they were doing. Yeah, it was great though because there's yeah. so many there are so many instances where you can respond yeah, and every single time throughout or, you know with our group we'd be like, hey, is that where we're gonna go? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was definitely if WrestleMania 28 was Yeslemania. This was uh, this was Yeslemania. Yesle slam. Yeah, slam. Yesle slam. Oh, he loved it. Oh, it's a casual. Maybe okay. maybe more than the rest of us. Oh, okay. Justin has probably started many of them. Yeah, Justin is probably the biggest LA Knight fan in our circle. He like he loves yeah. it. That's cool. As, I was just yeah. curious as a casual yeah. viewer how he was able to how participatory he was able to be. Yeah, that's the number one thing he said he enjoyed was the was all the LA Knight stuff. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, the ending, <laughs> yeah. What he called bullshit on the ending too. He did. Yeah. <laughs> The good news yeah, is he was very invested. It was very surprising as a casual. Yes, fan. It was. very invested. I was going to ask you about the guys. We, you know, we ended up we weren't sitting right next to you. Got you, uh, Bill, uh, Devin, and and Dustin. And I was I was curious if Dustin like ever lost interest, but it seemed like he was into it the whole time. I think he lost well, interest at well, the same point. Everyone well, the same else point, lost everyone, interest. When I, went, when I went to the bathroom and everyone else lost interest. Yeah. I was going to say he was clearly most invested in the Rousey Baszler match. What right? <laughs> and how? Excellent. Yeah. It was executed. Uh, we wandered around Detroit a little bit after the Tigers game, tried to find something to eat. It was not an easy challenge. We eventually settled with the Detroit Beer Company, which is always a good decision. There's all those damn wrestling fans around. Like, come on. Right? Well, and the, yeah, those Tiger fans that didn't leave town like they should have. <laughs> it was funny. I watched like a, a YouTube like video recap from other people that were at SummerSlam, just like talking about their reactions and stuff, and they were there. And they were talking about like, he goes, there, it seemed like there were some crazy people that went to the Tigers game and SummerSlam. Could you imagine that? <laughs> I'm like, I can imagine that. I know, especially a group of guys touching 40. That was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've touched 40. I'm there. I've, I've, I've been all up in that for a little <laughs> bit too, now. But... 
But the, um, the my favorite thing though is once we were walking back, we mentioned the the religious fanatic we came across as we were walking back to Ford Field, um, who was spouting out his things and getting responses. What from the crowd that stood there? <laughs> so he would say something, and the crowd would go, "What?" <laughs> The best watch chant of all time. Yeah, it really was. It brought it the all the way back. Proper use of a watch chant. You're like, yeah. I'm finally Absolutely. on board. <laughs> but as I later we saw a TikTok of him again, and it was the same thing. Like just the crowd, and he was. Responding. He eventually got into it. No, he got yeah. into it. That was the weird. He wasn't getting yeah. mad. He was getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, any attention? I think we have ever attention. gotten to anything other than just like hostility or being ignored. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> The, but then as we we're walking by, there's this, I mean, there's a big line of people there. Looks like they're waiting to get into the stadium. I remember a couple of times I mentioned, you know, we're really early, but it might take 45 minutes to get into the, get, get in the doors because I've, I've, I've seen this before, you know, it's a little crazy. And Bill was like, listen, I, w- I went to Taylor Swift. I am an expert on Ford Field now. It'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> and. We watched. I mean, we, we walked by this giant line of people that looked like it would. Line going like way back, like almost like back past like Comerica. Yeah, way long. Yeah. Which is a, which yeah. a city block, city block long. Yeah, and we're just looking at them. They're on the they're on the sidewalk on the other side of the road. We're on the opposite side. We're just looking at them, and we just keep walking. Like no, that's a, that's mm-hmm. that's. I mean, that can't be the line, right? That can't be. I'm, at the time, I'm thinking, I'm just gonna let's just go around to the other gate that's around the other side of the stadium. That's what I'm thinking in my head. And as we approached the end of the street, that line continued to go and off to the left where gate C was, I believe. We were walking mm-hmm. toward gate A. We literally got to gate A, walked right over to the the um, the metal detector, walked right in. Right we didn't in. have to move our phones or anything. And I don't, think I, ever, I don't think I ever stopped walking. Like no. I never at a point where I was in line. <laughs> we didn't. We literally, <laughs> literally got into yeah. SummerSlam quicker than we got into the Tigers game. Yeah. It took longer yep. for them to scan Mike's phone for the tickets because he had all five of them than mm-hmm. it did to and wait in line. All the while, there had to be a number of people that just watched us walk by and had to be getting so angry because they had chosen incorrectly. <laughs> I mean, maybe they well, it seemed like there was like some like flocking, be herding behavior going on because we found out when we got closer is that if you had four seats, you had to go to gate C. And yeah. I think people, so the people that did that, I think people saw a line and then thought they had to be in it. Like people that didn't have four seats until just like it became like this thing, like this bottleneck when they had like five or six other rows next to where you could just walk right into. Spoiler alert, that all came back on us though when it took, it was time to leave. <laughs> so. we, got, we paid for that quick entry with a not quick exit. Yeah. Karma is a B word, as they say. We parked in a. A parking structure that I parked in at least, a, you know, 15 to 20 times. Every time I go to Detroit, that's where I park. Various sporting yeah. events and never spent more than like five to 10 minutes getting out of there. And it was what? Yeah, I've had I've had to wait there before, but yeah, never more than like 10 or 15 minutes at the most. Well, and the crazy thing is like walking back to that structure. I mean, there wasn't like a huge amount of foot traffic going towards no. the parking structure either. So the fact that there was that many people was just insane. My Bill is, missed the uh, the almost fight in the in the park. Oh yeah, structure. that was crazy. Oh yeah, there a couple yeah. bros got real aggro and out of the car screaming at each other and like aggro yeah. bro voice. Oh no, I missed that one. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah, what you guys got that. out. Yeah. Was one of those aggro okay. people Dustin? Because I know he does not like being stuck in a parking structure. <laughs> no, hey, no, they me. got out. Be- they got out before yeah. uh, before Derek, Mike, and I. Yeah, Bill and Bill and Dustin got out a little like fifteen or twenty minutes before we did. Yeah. 
petty story though about that. So there was this lady who was behind us and she was just laying on the horn, laying on the horn. Like we can't go anywhere. That helps, you know. Then, it helps, yeah. yeah. Right. And it keeps, it keeps everyone realize, calm too. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> she wanted to go around us and try to skate around everybody else and take oh, yeah. a different route out. Because that'll work. So I'm like, I'm not moving. There's no reason to. There's barely any room for me to move. So eventually she squeezes by, never moved. And she cusses us out as she goes. Dustin also adds a few choice words to her. And then later we're talking to uh, Dev and and Darren and Mike. And we realize, oh, she went down the same path that they were just in. And they were about 30 minutes behind us. Getting so out got, of the she got herself oh, stuck in a longer yeah. line. Oh, so, yeah, the karma was. <laughs> <laughs> we did yeah, have a guy. I'm glad that those guys were stuck. But. The, like, the longest point we were sat where we like, didn't move for like 30 or 40 minutes, whatever it was, there was this car that was trying to back out, like just making it like, right into like, my door. And they just kept backing up like a few, like an inch every few seconds. I'm like, like he's just going to hit us at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had nowhere to go. We were We, we could not move. My favorite thing is that the guy who got out of that car was maybe about five foot six and re- look, looked real, real hard, right? And yeah. I, I thought it would have been Always. really funny if, like, the three of us had gotten out of the car. I thought would like, here come, here come the good old boys, corn-fed meatheads. Hey, I was. They, I, they were aggro at you guys. <laughs> me being six foot tall and three hundred fifty pounds, I might have been the smallest of the maybe three the of us. Smallest of the third person. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not weight wise, but definitely height wise. The Xavier Woods of the group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that would have been a really funny visual for that dude. Be like, okay, I screwed up. Sorry, right. f- sorry, f- sorry, guys. Sorry, fellas. Um, I'm going to go back into my car now and eat celery. Yeah, it reminds me of the time a guy uh, chased me across a mall parking lot when I was driving my Geo Metro, and he slammed on my window, and you could see the look in his face was just like, I have made a mistake. (laughs) I remember that Metro. (laughs) That's funny. I used to have a Geo Tracker. (laughs) See? They got to drive small cars every once in a while. Every once in a while, man. That guy was telling the story about you and the bug. Somebody oh, the other yeah. day, and you had to put your head through the sunroof. Yep. Wow. <laughs> All right. So now that we're half an hour into the show here, let's talk about what it was like inside a Ford Field. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We got it now. <laughs> How was SummerSlam set up different from the way Taylor Swift set up? That's what I wanted. I was not expecting that question. That was a beverage. Quick, I have to Google what it was like inside Taylor Swift. <laughs> Whoa, whoa. <laughs> that is not what I asked. We couldn't get tickets. I told everyone we got tickets. I made it all. <laughs> oh, it's all hit, You got to hit uh, Dr. Well, Stroke after that. <laughs> Inside Taylor Swift. <laughs> I will say this. I got to sit a lot more during SummerSlam. <laughs> uh, it was a thousand percent less screechy. I I definitely oversold the pop, though. I think a couple came pretty close to when she first came out. <laughs> uh, I think if the main event had ended differently, it might have rivaled it. I feel like maybe uh, either title match, world title match, ended differently. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the uh, concourse, those moved much better during SummerSlam than Taylor Swift. But I think everybody in there mother was trying to take a selfie during the Taylor Swift concourse. Yeah. And I surprisingly saw 
more violence or close fights at SummerSlam than I did Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the other way, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it does. So that's twelve year old girls just smacking the crap out of each other. <laughs> you guys all went to the, the bathroom. Sure. Yeah, right. They're like the super pumped. She might play Haunted. <laughs> yeah, you guys all went to the bathroom, and Dustin and I were sitting there just minding our own business, and then two guys next to us started having a personal space dispute. Oh. I mean, we were crammed in there pretty – they put a lot yeah. of human beings in that in the pretty small space. That's what it was. I mean, you watched – I'm sure most of the people listening to this have watched the show. Like, it was a very minimalistic set. It was just like a sea of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm yeah, I'm starting to actually believe that that attendance number that they're throwing out there may have been somewhat accurate, despite what they. I mean, got. they definitely there was a big like they did a big walk up number. So the day before they were saying it was like forty five thousand, so they sold it seems like more than ten about ten thousand plus tickets to people that the day of. It's pretty <laughs> maybe, crazy. Maybe that's what that line was. <laughs> so that, that might be, I didn't think about that, but maybe that actually is the case. And that was the 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 box office line. You know, what's crazy, though, is when Dev and I went to WrestleMania at Ford Field, I think they said 83 or something. Yeah, they had and the I'm full surprised. bowl open. That was the one thing is they had, I mean, tell home the way they shot it, the one one end zone was basically blocked off. So there was a lot of seats they didn't use. I mean, a good, a good yeah, were used at WrestleMania. Fourth right. of the uh, stadium yeah. was not was not being used at all. They had, like a, they had probably the biggest curtain I've ever seen in my entire life. It's a big black curtain that blocked off that whole section. Which is crazy that they had they closed that end off and then had yeah. such a minimal setup for like the walk in and all that. They could have really utilized uh, a better setup for that. That was the one thing that I was kind of disappointed about was just kind of yeah. the mm-hmm. lack of respect. It almost it, seemed like yeah. I, <laughs> previous yeah, years, like that big end zone they didn't use would have been a giant stage, right? Yeah. And it was just yeah. you couldn't even see the most people. In fact. Most people in the crowd could not see the wrestlers, so they got to the ring area because the way it was set up. So we, yeah, we had that same conversation about the Titantrons were showing the the wrestlers' videos and they're not t- the yeah, entrance, and not, and not their which, entrance. So we, huh. yeah. so I've ever seen like entrance pops weren't super loud till they got closer to the ring. So we could people could not see them. Interesting. Was it? it was, there's no elevation. There's no. They're on. They're on the ground. So there was not even like an elevated like ramp. And the reason why they did that is because Ford Field is kind of behind the times in terms of their video boards. They only have two video boards, one on each end zone. Okay. And the way that, obviously, mm-hmm. if you go back and watch, and I was going to ask you guys if you went back and watched it on TV at all, there was two things I noticed. First of all, those video boards during the entrances were in a lot of shots. Yes. Which is the reason why uh, they couldn't put the entrances in the video boards want, when they were coming out. Oh, that makes sense. So there's a production reason. They didn't want like, a, like the, the, the weird the video, and those like, tunnel yeah, of gotcha. people. The, yeah. the second thing, there was a. Very, very predominant use of like laser slash spotlighting on the <laughs> like the show on Peacock, you know, the actual presentation on TV that I did not note while we were there. Yeah, but there was like the um the the blue spotlights that shot up like in the background of like, the gets away from hard camera or whatever or on hard camera. I didn't notice those lights at all, but they were there the entire show. I noticed them, but they were white for us. Oh, mm-hmm. like you could see them. They were they. I could see them moving around down there, but they were white for for us. So I don't know if they did some sort of color correction, like live during the stream mm-hmm. to make it look different colors. Gotcha. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was. Uh, 
I feel no, like... I mean, half the time I was blinded by a spotlight anyway. So, <laughs> you guys had you guys had a spotlight too. It, it was sort of. luckily it was more pointed at the row right in front of us, but it was still okay. annoying. Yeah, did... Mike and I were part of the show apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, in fact, there's one shot. I sent you guys a screenshot of the group. There was one shot during uh, the the money in the bank cash in where they cut to our section, and you can very clearly see the two of us standing there, and there's a giant spotlight on us. Those guys, those guys get it. Our section was well lit. Yeah, glasses <laughs> on at certain points. It was it was bad. It was like it was, it was like it was like a distracting thing. Yeah, when we get to that match, I that's where I have a lot of beef with the internet saying Detroit's a bad uh, was a bad no, crowd I, no. because I don't really want to talk about that about the, this reaction that it was a bad crowd. It was not, yeah. and when it was a dead crowd, it wasn't the crowd's fault. Was yeah. it? The- was it the crowd's fault when you guys were be- booing kids, though? Listen, yes. Listen, <laughs> mistakes were made. <laughs> listen, Trevor's everybody. You can, you can responsible. understand the circumstances. <laughs> Philadelphia, I'm sorry. but Oh, that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Those guys. We're very, we're no. salty people. I was on board. I thought it was fun when we were just generally booing Philly. When it turned into booing the children of Philly, it was like, a little, like okay, <laughs> let's... Uh, Boo, you live in a terrible a city ad. that we don't want to go to because we're Detroit. <laughs> it's a Midwestern city. Like, what right. do we, you can't, you can't advertise that in the middle of our pay-per-view, <laughs> or I'm sorry, PLE. You don't imagine what it would have been like if it was Ohio. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, but, but they weren't Ohio kids. These were, these were Philly kids. Th- those kids would have deserved I think it. it would have been, I think it would have been worse had it been Ohio kids. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, they need our help more. It was like very popular now, like that the bleep every weekend SmackDown, they have to go silent because of the FU Roman chance. That would have been like F them kids. <laughs> can I can I remind the city of Detroit that the reason that was there was so that we as the city of Detroit could have access to pre you know pre show tickets. <laughs> that was the thing too. They were showing those promos and then putting up like a pre sale code that was exclusive to the arena and people were still like, No <laughs> Ooh, Philadelphia. <laughs> In reality, I, I, I like her. May may or may not used to have lived at Harry. Short amount of time. Oh gosh. May or may not have. No, told, I don't know. I don't know. You, I mean, well, we podcast. also booed the Kid Rock opening. So oh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, yeah, we are hardcore. Yeah, I feel like we were, like we represented there. Like we made a very clear message that no, this guy is not a Detroit icon to represent us right now. Yeah. Please stop this. <laughs> I, that was one thing I did note. Um, when they played that video package on uh, Peacock, there was zero crowd noise. They had cut the crowd yeah, noise completely they cut it out. That's yeah. what that actually is something I wanted to ask because I I did notice that there wasn't crowd noise, so I was curious oh, about what got, that was like. No, like. no, he got booed. Oh, yeah. booed out and, well, like Logan Paul heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is something I wanted to ask because that wasn't fair. something that you that you guys discussed. So. Yeah. 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 No. Nobody be liking Kid uh, Rock. I will say this watching the Peacock replay. I don't know if it's like the acoustics in Ford Field. There was an issue too where it was louder in there that came across on TV at the best of times. Like some, some of it wasn't like some of that was quiet was like not the reality of it being in the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt the same way rewatching it. It was, it felt like they totally underestimated the acoustics of Ford Field. Yeah. But you hear, Ford Field is a giant open box with a roof. Like it's a lot of, like I think even more than some other places, it's, it's very wide. Like the layout, like the, 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 the angles aren't steep. So I think a lot of sound just goes up and away, even more so than other football type stadiums. Well, that's the thing, though. I think I've heard that Ford Field is actually one of the louder stadiums in the NFL when it gets going. I mean, it was loud to be in there, too. I think it may be the way yeah, they mic'd it, or, you know. 
Yeah. I think where I think, they placed the, the crowd mics at where they weren't acoustically great spots. I don't know. I'm not going to do this experiment because come on, but I would like to go and actually compare like the, the, uh, the audio in Ford field on the stream or whatever compared to like other, um, stadiums. Cause I feel like SummerSlam. just because it's in a stadium, they lose a lot of that crowd noise. I mean, even back in the day when they were talking about edge and edge and Christian, I think we're doing an interview about how, TLC two versus TLC or the ladder match at WrestleMania sixteen versus WrestleMania seventeen. They're like, man, I thought we were absolutely tearing it up at that TLC two. I thought this was like way better than the first one, but we're not getting any reaction. Yeah. But it's because that was in the Alamo Dome in and the, the sound. sound just went up and died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's frustrating is you don't get an accurate picture because I didn't go back and watch this. I just heard rumors. That during the infamous MMA match, (laughs) they actually piped in cheers, which there were zero. That was the most silent match of the night until Mm -hmm. the boring chant started, which took over the entire stadium. I was scrubbing through and went to that one specifically with all the people Mm -hmm. saying, oh, this crowd's terrible. And then like listen to that. And it's like, man, the audio of the crowd in this match sounds louder than any other part. Of the so night, even it, uh, yeah, it, in there. Mm-hmm. it was it was insane. It was all like, man, this seems a lot louder than I recall. And watching mm. some of the spots where it's all like, man, you can barely hear anybody talking, and it's all like, yeah, that mm, no, they there's some uh, some shenanigans going it's on here. Tricky <laughs> it's because half of the yeah. crowd was in the bathroom and the other half was on their phone. <laughs> I'm just disappointed in myself. I didn't stand up and walk around during that match. I, I like I'm not one of these people that's not, like not gonna give a match a chance. Like I watched like the first three or four minutes, like about the time the boring chance started, I'm like, I agree and I have to pee at some point, so I'm almost going right now. Right. Well like I said, they, they they probably could have had a good match if they had allowed them to have a a, a wrestling match. Not some stupid worked MMA fight, which never works. I, the whole concept of that is hard to pull off, especially in a stadium well, show. You, do you see that uh, Baszler has been on what Twitter now X it, trying to defend <coughs> what people have thought about this match? Yeah, she's basically like, well, you know, look at all these other things. You know, they're, you know, it's a very similar feel, blah, blah, blah. So, like, nah, I mean, you're doing MMA at a wrestling thing where it's a lot faster paced. It just it came across super boring. It like yeah. took took the wind right out of the sails. Like I get it, you're trying to get back to your roots or whatever, and show that y'all can still kind of kind of go in the ring. But it was it just did not play well, especially in that setting. Maybe at like a, a raw event that That's probably would have killed. Yeah, like I think there's context that would have came up better. I saw it somewhere. I would have loved it, but like it's, for stadium, it was a dead thing. Plus, yeah. it's like. Working away just doesn't work because real fights aren't that interesting outside of the reality no. of them. Right. Like that's what's fun. Like the, you know, like the wrestling move, like the choreography is like what makes it exciting for wrestling, even though you know it's, it's a work thing. And what's exciting about MMA or boxing or anything else is like the actual, like, this is the real thing. Yeah. You take the real thing away from it and it's just bad right. fighting. Missed opportunity like as far as to visual, bring back as far as the visual goes, yeah. cinematically goes. Yeah, missed opportunity to bring back a Lions Den match and like a throwback <laughs> to an old SummerSlam. Like, hey, this is kind of what happens at a SummerSlam. That would have been awesome. Ford Field, Lions Den, yeah. probably would have had a better crowd reaction than 
what we ultimately got. And I think they should they should have cheated them more, like you know, do more, still make it more wrestling. You do MMA, but we do more suplexes and like strong style strikes, and make it you know make it still feel more like a wrestling match. Right. Axiom and Mustafa Ali had a better MMA fight on NXT this week than <laughs> they did because of. My thing was like all of those locks they kept doing and switching between the two. Chain wrestling, yeah. them, That's what I thought that match would have been. Mm-hmm. It would have been fantastic. Way ahead of ourselves, but NXT was really good this week. I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't it's have NXT on the stuff. I think we went right from we went right right from uh, inside Ford Field to the worst match of the night. <laughs> we skipped we skipped four matches, then we went to NXT. <laughs> this is podcast on the rails. <laughs> That that had to be that was at least the fifth or sixth time we've mentioned this round of Rousey Baszler match. So obviously it's what we needed to talk about the most. <laughs> it's, got, it's, it's got, got people talking. <laughs> we, do, we just got to get it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Listen, so, I got a positive thing thing to say about it once we get to it in the, the rundown. <laughs> Yeah, let's get back to the actual the curtain jerker of the night, the uh, Logan Paul versus Ricochet, and I want to point out a first match. <laughs> for, first and foremost, Logan Paul is a star in the making, and that man's heel mm-hmm. work is second to none. I don't think I've ever seen false. Hold on, Dirty Dom is number one. Number one, I would agree. <laughs> I think that Logan Paul is the second best heel in the WWE currently. He's second to Dirty Dom only. I think he's number one based on the fact that he's like a celebrity that's come into the ring. I mean, he's, I think he's better than, than the Miz in the same situation, right? Like kind of a uh, reality star celebrity coming in and trying to do this wrestling thing. Like as much as it pains me to say that that match was pretty awesome because I hate Logan Paul so much. (laughs) all hate Logan Paul as a person and as a personality. But he is an incredible professional wrestler. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and the thing that comes with him, too, like he had, what, two or three rows of the audience filled with his people, and then they all cut out as soon as he won to get to the And the one white trash guy in front of us. (laughs) Oh, God, that guy. (laughs) We had a legit Logan Paul fan in front of us. I was surprised to see some criticism of that match online. I guess people were waiting for like a, maybe some kind of bigger, more, you know, like the, a bigger spot like the one they had that kind of kicked it off where they flew across the ring at each other. But I'm like, I don't know. I thought I just thought I was entertained top to bottom. I thought the pacing was good. I thought the high spots yeah. were great. I like the character work. I enjoyed that entire match. You knew. I mean, of all of the matches, I think that one would have been the most predictable for the finish as far yeah. as who won. Mm-hmm. There's no way they can keep Logan Paul coming back without giving him some wins. He's right. I, mean, I feel like they had him ricochet because that's a guy you can beat. Because like you know yeah. you don't want to beat Seth Rollins, you don't want to beat your top guys, but you can beat Ricochet. And I think they did it in such a way that it made it made Ricochet came on a bigger start at the end of the match than he was going into it, even mm-hmm. though he lost. Correct. And for as botchy as some of their stuff in the past have been, that match was smooth as butter on like almost yeah. every single aspect of it. When I'm going back and by the time when I got back at, you know, three o'clock in the morning when we finally got back home, I literally went back on my phone and watched just that match because I knew there had to be some stuff I missed. I was floored how well those two like just moved from move to move. And while it was like a huge spot fest, it was it's a spot fest that made sense. And there was stuff I had never seen before in my life. Like when they did that double Spanish fly on the outside, I'm like, there is no way in the world that that looked as good as I think it did in my head. And then I went back and watched it and again. I'm like, oh my God, 
that looked as good as I thought it did. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the, um, the the catch, the crossbody catch, like seamlessly turning into that tornado DDT that Logan Paul did, unreal. Yeah, the, the um, from out of the ring onto the floor. yeah the buckshot lariat from the inside yeah. of the ring that was crazy. That was that was the people kept saying that it wasn't the craziest spot, but that was the craziest spot. <laughs> well, especially because they almost took out the the uh, guardrail too. Yeah. One thing we talk about uh, things we missed from you know not seeing on TV was that what I did like there was the storyline through the match of uh, Ricochet's fiance is the ring announcer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a yeah. whole thing where they're playing with that and the fact that she had to say that you know that he won and she watched him cheat and all that like that was a cool little storyline going on through it too. When I don't remember if he grabbed the stick or not at this point, but you heard him say at one point, "Say my name say again." Say my name one more time. Yeah. 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 Well, was it Corey Graves? If you go to watch it back on. On Peacock, he says uh, Logan Paul might be leaving here with two fiancés tonight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's a twinkle in her eye, Cole. And Cole's like, Just don't even, don't even start with that. <laughs> <laughs> you were curious. Dave Meltzer gave this match 4.25 stars. Oh, nice. No, is, now, is that out of ten, like Bret Hart? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart gave this match four out of ten. <laughs> Now I said some shit, said, said some stuff about Goldberg. It was very unflattering. <laughs> now it's, I love Hart, it's been but man, mentioned. he's a bitter old man. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll I'll mention it's on the podcast that I was the uh, one uh, who's on this podcast who did not attend SummerSlam. Um, I'll say that watching this match, I I watched SummerSlam from home um, up until you know my bedtime basically. Um, so I watched most of it. And um, I I felt like I don't know I, I obviously I wasn't there so I can't say for sure but I maybe felt like I got a little bit better experience than you guys did live just because oh, I yeah. just because I got to see so see things so much more intimately. There's literally only one sporting event on this planet <laughs> that is better live in terms of like getting the whole experience than it is. Um, in the you know arena or the stadium or whatever, and that is NHL hockey. I agree. And soccer. Ooh, good. Yeah, well, I don't. I've never. Soccer's also. I've never. They're basically the same. Myself. It's the same sport. One's an ice and one isn't. <laughs> same game. But li- literally every other sport or event is better watched on TV if you want to really experience the entire thing. But I've, 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 I say- I felt so. I actually felt bad for you guys having to be there because I could. I could see so much. And like you had sent me, like Dare and Mike had sent me pictures from where you guys were sitting, like before the show. What is this started. a wrestling match for ants? <laughs> Basically, and I, and I was, and then the show started because I was watching the pre-show, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, can I just listen to our podcast instead of this horrible pre-show? <laughs> and like, Wade Barrett was the only good part of it. Just you know, in case anyone's curious, like when you do the or watch the uh, the SummerSlam pre-show it was awesome, um, but. Like the show started, and I'm like, this is so good, televised. I clearly made the correct choice. Um, <laughs> and I was just, I don't like, know. I felt like even where our seats were, with how small the ring was, I still felt a part of like the whole pageantry of the show the thing is and the all that. And that's, space. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was, I was yeah, I, there's some small so things, big. right? Yeah. There's some small things that you miss. That, yeah, when you see him on TV, it's like, whoa, man, that played a lot better up close. But at the same time, like, 
you know, you got the jumbotrons. You can kind of watch if you if you really want to see some of the closer detail. But I think for the most part, I was super happy with what I could see, and I, I still felt like I was popping at the right right times for when they wanted you to pop, and it was just overall great. Well, that's I feel like the only match that really suffered suffered from the size is actually Gunther and Drew McIntyre because you could not hear those chops. That's a big thing with the Gunther stuff is like those crazy chops and the concussiveness of them, and they were just silent from where I was sitting at least. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously, I mean, I've been to a lot of wrestling shows and more in a more intimate space than Ford Field, which is the size of Ford Field. Um, but, you know, there's just a seed that you get when I mean, cameras right there ring. You're like in a smaller so arena or a studio, that's really the best place to see wrestling, wrestling live. Like we watch NXT or even like the smaller kind of hockey size arena if you can get in the lower bowl. Like that's better. Yeah, I will admit, I'll admit my answer. NXT in the NXT arena is better than watching NXT on television. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's, but that's like a tiny, tiny, like, you know, 300 to 400 seat, uh, venue versus, you know, Ford Field, which 60,000 people in it. And we've attended, right. this is like, this is my third, um, Stadium show because we did WrestleMania 27, 28, and now SummerSlam 20, 2023. Um, 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. This was, this was the show out of all of those that I found myself watching the video board more than watching what was going on in the ring. That was partially because of that stupid ass light, light that was pointed <laughs> at our faces, but that was also because it was a, a like a, I'm there for the atmosphere, like like Dev said. Like you, you're you're definitely yeah. part of the atmosphere when you're there, and but in watching the what's going on in the tiny ring is kind of like secondary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was it's surprised. Exp- I, it's a whole experience. I was surprised at how much I found myself actually up at the video board. No, I'll say in the ring. We also had worse seats at WrestleMania 27, 28. We were lower bowl, center, kind of in the middle. Like, yeah. those were probably the, probably the best seats you can get at shows like that, honestly. And we were, you know, farther up this time and in the corner. It's true. Uh, I think for me, like, there's a, it's a match by match thing. Cause you can look at the two matches that were back to back, Logan Paul and Ricochet, and then Cody and Drew, uh, Brock. Brock. For a slower paced beat em up. There's nothing better than being live because you can focus on those two wrestlers who never break apart that much. But then you have Ricochet and Logan Paul bouncing all over the place. It's hard to keep track. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to like the Royal Rumble later, it's it's almost a mixed bag. Like is TV better or is live better? Because you can see different things. So it's uh, that battle royal. I couldn't. Where you want to look? The battle royal I watched until like there was like five or six people left. I had to watch screen. It just looked like a mass of people. I couldn't tell anything was going on in the battle royal. Right. It's true. So. Real quick, the end of the match, like I said, we we all pretty much predicted that Logan Paul was going to win. We did not predict that it would be brass knuckles given to him by his, like, manager or something. Some random guy. And I'm, I'm sure... <laughs> got a guy. <laughs> I'm sure that on the way they, they did it, he probably didn't even connect with him on those brass knuckles. But in both the television view and the view I saw, looked like he just knocked Richard's really head yeah. off with those things. Yeah. I mean, I generally talk. We, I think we talked the episode before we went. The, like, I don't like when punches are someone's finisher. Mm-hmm. That was great. That worked. Yeah. And in true heel fashion, about William Regal, sir. He, he made fun of the fiance and left the left the ring and then the arena enough to make his brothers um, fight in Vegas later that night. Yeah. Uh, Texas. He got to Dallas, Texas, and in an arena before oh, we got out of the Texas. parking garage. 
<laughs> yeah. And that match, that match was over yes. before we got on. I saw the results of that. I read the guys in the car. They're like, oh, Jake Paul won his boxing match while we were still sitting and trying to get out of the damn parking garage. <laughs> oh, oh, look, Logan He's Paul has the money. Only one we don't. Took a lot of planes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Dakota Kai also had a very heavy travel day that day. Yeah, had to make it to the show. The reverse. Yeah. Did not know that. Uh, Cody versus Brock. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, I definitely thought this was like um, Brock Cena Suplex City 2 when it first started. I'm like, oh my God, they're just feeding Cody to Brock. What is going on? Like, I think that was an intentional allusion to that match. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Obviously, yeah. it was. But I, there, was, yeah. there was part of me that was severely worried. I'm like, how in the <laughs> world was, is he going to get out of what is going on to him right now? I was... Not a fan. I, I I texted you and I'm like, I do not know what's happening. Because I remember seeing a Brock one where we're thinking, okay, Cena's going to come back. Cena's going to come back. You know, he's well, not one because it was technically their second match, but like he's got he's got to come back. He's super Cena, right? He's just going to like Cena up and he's going to do the moves of Doom and hit Brock with like five F fives in a row and he's going to be fine or five you know attitude adjustments in a row. But then Brock just beat him like, bad at SummerSlam, right. and I'm like, they're doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, and it would be amazing if Cody comes back from this, but dear God, I am so afraid he's not going to. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a better use of countouts as the thing that actually added excitement and like tension to the match. Because I thought were, that, that was great. There were a couple instances there where I'm like, I know this is all fake. I know he is not really hurt, but he is really far away from the ring and the guy is already on eight. <laughs> he's like eight and he's yeah. like still laying out there on the, on the announce table. Right. He hasn't got up yet. <laughs> Like I am a intelligent wrestling fan, as they say, <laughs> and I was worried he wasn't going to make that count. <laughs> for, that was uh, for me. This is like the second most predictable ending to a match, as far as outcome. Like mm -hmm. who's going to win? Well, uh, except it yeah, should have been was... a DQ as soon as those stairs entered uh, <laughs> entered oh, the ring. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I have a head cannon moment that I'm going to put in there. So before the stairs got used. Brock F5'd Cody into the announce table. So my yes. thought was yeah. that the referee said, okay, you F5'd Cody into the announce yeah. table, so I'm going to allow you to hit him with the ring stairs one time. One time. Yeah. One Everybody time. gets one. Everyone, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the, um, the, the match ended up being like, like the 12 days of Brock's Christmas where you hit, sit him hit like, you know, 11 suplexes and three F5s and tables. Yeah, it was, and then. Well, when you look at, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say when you look at the build up to it, they did a. I didn't realize it as you're watching it live, but they go back and show everything. Cody never, even though he won a match, he had never been in control of this feud at any point. No. And so it really played into the larger story is that he didn't have control during this match at all mm -hmm. until until he, when did. he needed it. Yeah. There's a thing. There, I, oh, you had, some of you guys weren't watching it, but there was kind of a thing with AEW when he was there, where um, he kept saying that he was the best wrestler in the world. People kind of scoffed at him <laughs> a little bit, like we like you, but what are we, like what are you talking about? Kenny Omega's here, but <laughs> I think, but I think like what later like Brian Daniels is here. Like what are we talking about? Um, but I think what he is very good at, and kind of almost bar none at, and I think he's got even better since he's been back in WWE, is the storytelling thing, like. Every one of his matches, really, he has a whole, you know, it's almost like his, his, you know, one of his catchphrases, like, complete the story. Like, every one of, every time he's out there, he's telling a story. Every promo, every match, like, they're just not, they're just, it's never just doing it for filling, they're just have a match. 
everything has a story and it's really cool. You can insert the uh, Andre gift here, but or gift, but he's second to all Roman Reigns in that regard, I think. Yeah. So the um, the other crazy thing that happened, obviously, Cody wins with three um, three crossroads in a row, which Brock does not know how to take, but we'll we'll let that. We'll let I mean, that as the way that guy's built, I thought a lot of characters of that, but the way his body is, I felt like yeah. he'd be fine. <laughs> um, he did the best he could. He's kind of like a lollipop. He has, like, he has like little stick legs, and like this is like this is like Brock Lesnar's body. Like, this is chest and his head. He has like tiny little legs. <laughs> what is he supposed to do? <laughs> the, the other thing I didn't realize while it was going on, what we missed while we were in the stadium, is that his, his pants were disintegrating. Yeah, I didn't notice that. <laughs> we caught it we later in the match. We saw his Lesnar. Yeah. 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 Luckily, I'm like some wrestlers. He wears underwear. <laughs> that was it. Good oh, for everyone. We almost got to see all the beast. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, after, after the match was won by Cody, you get that moment where they're kind of like going face to face, and Brock yes. does like Brock does intimidation, <laughs> as you as you would say, you know. And then all of a sudden, handshake, like, oh, okay, all right, all right, this is cool, this is cool. Then a hug, a hug, <laughs> and like the raised Listen. arm celebration, and we're like, what is happening? Everybody knows Cody Rhodes has fully statted out charisma. He obviously <laughs> rolled a nat 20 on that. Right? And Brock rolled a, a one on his intimidation check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a, a lot of people are saying, like, Brock is Brock is just done after this. Brock's so, done. like, he's not... This was his way of being like, okay, this is how I'm going to go out. I'm going to, you know, help Cody, who's kind of been the, you know, the mid mid card or lower for years in the, in the business. Least. Yeah, and uh, you know I'm gonna put him over so he can go on to do bigger and better things. And now, and this was his way of sending him off. I mean, he he did take his gloves off. That was the first thing I noticed that he was taking his gloves yeah. off. I'm like, oh my god, is he is 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 he, is he, is he retiring? And then I didn't know if that was just part of the whole handshake. Make sure that the handshake was, you know, everything I needed really to be. He's gonna retire. Yeah. He's gonna re- retire where those Saudi shows are going to come up and they're going to pay him a million dollars. He's going to do those matches. <laughs> That's how he's going to retire. It brings up like the Undertaker streak thing. It's almost, it almost makes it okay that he broke the Taker streak because he's now taking all of that cachet that he got from it mm-hmm. and passing it to Cody. Putting it on like, this is our next guy. Yeah. Which was that match, that whole, that whole storyline and match was about really. It was, and it was, you know, like you said, probably the most predictable thing in the world, but they did it very well. Yeah, yeah I like the absolutely. whole story. And that was, that's, that's just the most I've liked Brock Lesnar. I thought this was his best match. It's like the Kurt Angle matches, like way back in the day. He's had in WWE. Yeah. It was my favorite match of the night. I mean, on our, on our recount radio SummerSlam go home show, we basically had the, the exact same response to this. Like, Cody has to win this match, or what are we even doing? Oh, what are we here? doing? Yeah. <laughs> what is the point? Yeah. yeah. We had another one of those moments too. It didn't. Well, well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so, uh, just a, I know we Dave Meltzer four point five stars for this one. Really? Well, Dave yeah. is being super generous on this uh, yeah. card. I think we'd all agree, though. Even though a match is predictable in the outcome, that doesn't take away from no. the match. Some sometimes if a you, match in outcome needs to be the way it is. Yeah. 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 They have it's it, about how you yeah. tell the story. Even, and they told it even very with well. The, yeah, even with it being predictable, it up until you were like, okay, Cody's going to win this. There were points during that match where you're like, Cody might not win this. <laughs> the count of something. They made they made you believe that like he was in jeopardy, even though it seemed yeah. like he really wasn't in jeopardy. Like yeah, my know. seatmate next to me definitely thought he was losing. 
She was very upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> the um the next match oh, was. So what- Sorry, one thing I also want to say about this, I think just that I want to bring up that in the press conference thing, and also Cody since then have said that what Brock Lesnar did at the end was unexpected. I feel like there's a little bit of kayfabing going on. They probably told mm-hmm. him to like be to show respect or turn face or whatever. They probably just gave him like a simple direction at the end, you know, like put him over. And like then how he did it was, I think, was probably his own choice. That, that could have been done with a simple Brock Lesnar like head nod. Yeah. And the fact, but the yeah, fact right. that he like did the handshake and the hug and the arms thing is like this is like, he's never done that for anybody. Yeah, and you can tell. I think you can tell. I think you can tell that Brock Lesnar was. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead. I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna make a hunting joke, so you go ahead. <laughs> I, was, I think you can tell throughout this that Brock Lesnar was very invested in it and very much enjoyed working with Cody. You can kind of tell with yeah. he has that Randy Orton thing a little bit. You can kind of tell when he's really invested in something or not, and he. You can tell he respected him and was enjoying these matches they were doing together. It all seemed very genuine. I was going to say the only way you could have, it could have been bigger, is if he then invited Cody to go hunting with him. <laughs> go up to the, come up to the, the the farm up in the Manitoba or wherever. We'll go shoot some elk. Dude, that's going to be the segment on next week's Raw, actually. <laughs> the visit. They become like a team hell no, like comedy tag team and so going adventures <laughs> together. Or or it's going to be the next WWE films horror movie. <laughs> uh so that we had the Battle Royal next, and obviously Battle Royals are yeah. for the most for the most part are, are crap matches. I greatly enjoyed this match, and it's not just because the guy who should have won won. But um we got to see all it the was tele- fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. There was a lot of teleporters. Um we were curious how they were gonna get everybody to the ring. Um Seamus actually was a teleporter. We were surprised about that. We thought for sure he would get an actual entrance. I guess he got that um, little gable, truck, actually. Got that little monster truck segment. So I guess that was his, you know, true, yeah. Yeah, right. Sheamus has arrived. Uh, then we, of course, you got um, the Miz was the first real entrance, and then you got L.A. Knight. Crowd went banana. Corey Graves said <laughs> it. He's like, "Well, Ford Field used to have a used to have a roof." <laughs> <laughs> crowd- it's and it's funny because he got such a huge pop. And I think, like, right before this, they showed the uh, Philadelphia WrestleMania thing again, and we were all booing. And then, like, hey, this guy's from L.A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Um, then we had, uh, who else came out? Uh, AJ Styles, surprise intern. We didn't realize, I didn't realize he was in it. Um, they start the match, and then o- o- Amos, Omos, Osmos came out. Um, big boy. Yeah, he's, big a, fella. he's a big dude. It's kind of weird. I was that really they... hoping MVP was going to enter. Because <laughs> the one guy I could actually, like, we talk about like, yeah, being able to see them to get to, like, the ring area. I could see him walking down the aisle because he's, right? like, a thousand yeah, feet tall. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kidnap um, the, uh Yeah, he came in and he eliminated quite a few people, had a good showing. Uh, Chad Gable, really good showing in the match. Yeah. Um, it seems like that they're was definitely the guy, pushing like, him. Like this, you know, this was obviously all kind of built to give LA Knight a moment, but they're like, let's use it to give Chad Gable one, too, because they... There were a ton of good stories throughout. Yeah, the, they kind of yeah. yeah. They kind of the whole thing is what they, they they with one with one. Like it makes sense now. Like, like why are they put this dumb battle royal on here? But they really they got their guy they want to get over, and then they really took all the mid card stuff they couldn't fit in the show and told those advanced those stories in the match in one mm-hmm. match. Yeah, like Miz and Grayson Waller, like that spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was fun. That was great. Like the Spider Man meme thing yeah. with those two. Yeah. Yeah. The um. It's it's kind of funny too. This goes into the uh, later on on Raw what happened, but I remember thinking, man, poor Shinsuke, how the mighty yeah. have fallen. 
you know, mm-hmm. when you got eliminated, you got very un- unceremoniously eliminated. You're like, man, that's 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 Shinsuke Nakamura. They're treating like crap, right? <laughs> um, Swerve. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, the Viking, the Viking Raiders, Matt Riddle also were like non elements. Um, uh, well, the other the other guy that they kind of did a big thing with on Raw this week, um, uh, Donna. JD McDonough, he was, I think he was yeah. the first one eliminated. Had like zero I didn't know showing. who it was. He went out and I'm like, is that Karrion Cross? And like, no, Karrion, because they have the same haircut. <laughs> then, there was no Karrion Cross there. Who was that? Like, I, yeah. I didn't know who it was at the time. I remember there were several points during the match. And I'm like, Karrion Cross is still in this match. Right. And there, were, and there was another guy too that was kind of like that. I don't remember who the other guy was um, that was saying, like, oh my God, why is he still in this match? But, Matt uh, Riddle. No, it wasn't Matt Riddle. <laughs> Matt Riddle got uh, actually pretty, pretty early. Pretty quickly, actually, yeah. Uh, he was one of the last like six or seven people that were. Obviously, I was. It was an apt um, uh, observance because I can't remember. Was it the big dude that fought Shinsuke on Raw? Oh, Bronson, Bronson Reed? Reed. Oh, it was yeah. Bronson Reed. It yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he, he did last a long time. No, he usually does. I've noticed that they like to put him in and keep yeah. him there for a while. The, the Aussie uh, Brodus Clay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's so, like they want him to to catch on, but he just won't. No, no I see. Like he's like a Triple H guy. He's one of the guys that got released when Missy Man took back over, and then as soon as Triple H took back over again, he, he hired him right back. So it seems like Triple H likes him. Interesting, but he's not. I don't think anybody else does so far. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't caught like I said, he hasn't totally caught on yet. So yeah, LA Knight won. Of course, um, he eliminated Sheamus at the very end. Had a nice little moment there with the crowd. Uh, obviously, Sheamus always. Well, he's he's Sheamus. He's Sheamus. Um, and we've already talked about the next match in probably at nausea. Um, Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. I have literally nothing to add myself. I know Bill wanted to add something. One positive thing, yeah. That step up knee to the face that apparently resulted in a black eye. Oh, that okay. was pretty cool. No, that, that was should cool. be a finisher for someone. That was, yeah. yeah, that was good. Um, so like just step on someone and then knee them in the face. Yeah. Slim Jim Battle Royal, Dave Meltzer, 2.75 stars. Basler versus Rousey, one point five stars. I mean, I think the I think that match was. It almost feels like it was so bad on purpose just to keep people talking about it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like right. we know this is gonna stink, so let's lean into the stink. Right. Yeah. People, still, people remember it for years to come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this match was so bad when I was watching Raw and Basler came out. I'm like, oof. Might be a little too soon there at WWE. Yeah, I can't <laughs> forget about that for a little while. Yeah. Repackager. Yeah, I honestly thought they were going to keep her off TV for a few weeks after that. Maybe come out and have her yeah, attack Rhea Ripley. Capitalize or on that heat, baby. <laughs> uh, next. How did the LA Knight uh, crowd chant come across? Sorry, I thought Mike was like. <laughs> he asked, yes, how, how, um, how did the LA Knight support come across on television. No, I mean, you could definitely tell that <laughs> I was very excited for him. So, um, you know, which was, you know, really cool to see. You know, definitely over and excited to see what... Beating him jobbers on SmackDown. I mean, if, if, that's, if that's what it's going to take to build him up, you know. <laughs> Top dollar. Whoever that is, I had no idea. I never... Oh. never if, I was, if I was... I'm going to fancy, but for one second, if it was me, LA Knight, Gunther, IC title, Royal Rumble, that would be, and he beats him. That would be my. And by then, Gunther will have beaten the, Gunther will have beaten the, um, oh. he'll have the, 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 the,
in the rearview window, so he can lose it. I was surprised at how over he was, considering that he's like, like he got one of the bigger pops, I think, especially. Um, I mean, like so many people teleported, but you know, for the people who got entrance that match and in general throughout the night, it was a, it was one of the bigger pops. So that was really, you know, pretty cool. I mean, you couldn't walk five feet in Detroit without somebody going, yeah. So, no, I mean, Correct. I'm not surprised. And yeah, t-shirts everywhere, too. Yeah. Everywhere. Now, to be fair, she wasn't there. So, yeah. I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah, I'm definitely not surprised at the pop that he got at the at Ford Field. Just based the crowd. on like, yeah. the people in the city even before before the show even started. That crowd was waiting for that pop since like 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah, right. For that guy yeah. to come out. Yeah. That's what they were waiting for. <laughs> I, I think for your fantasy booking to come to fruition that I don't think LA Knight's going to beat Gunther cleanly. I feel yeah. like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's got to be some kind of whoever Gunther maybe was feuding with before, whoever he's going to eventually have the, re- the, um, WrestleMania match with is going to have to come out and distract and getting, you know, Get him to the point where LA Knight can actually win that match, or else I don't really see that being a thing that happens. I'm offended that you're looking past Chad Gable so far. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, He's going to win next week. I'm looking yeah, past Chad Gable. Uh, speaking of Gunther. This, this, yeah. is, this, is, this, is, this is the thing, though. Sorry. Just to defend my thing. I think Gunther is going to be going for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania, so I think he has to lose the IC title before then. And I feel like, oh, that's the guy to do that, too. You're basically elevating both of them. You're getting Ellie Knight, that title, and up. And you're also moving Gunther on from the ice title to the world title. Yeah. I think I had some um, crazy uh, fantasy booking in my head where the Gunther wins the Royal Rumble. And that he goes, oh, on, he goes on to face uh, the world heavyweight champion, not 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 the WWE Universal. Yep. Um but the person who holds the title is not Seth Rollins or somebody else. It is actually Logan Paul because Logan Paul beat <laughs> Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble. That is a wild idea. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I do like the idea that Mike's like, it's going to be Warrior Hogan again, but it's going to be Logan Paul. And Logan Gunther. Paul and Gunther. I hate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, my big prediction is that uh, Logan Paul has a significant match at WrestleMania 40. Oh, sure. Not I just- certainly hope it's not fun. You know what actually would be a fun match at WrestleMania for Logan Paul is Logan Paul versus LA Knight for the IC title. I like that better. <laughs> Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny for the rights to Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Puerto Rico on a pole match. <laughs> you, know, you know my favorite thing about that, that comment was? You said that the night of... SummerSlam, and I had completely forgotten about it. That joke is still 100% over with me. <laughs> that was that was not an acting job right there with me laughing at it, because that's, that's just fantastic. Throw paper towels at people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the Logan Paul Hill spot. He shows up in Puerto Rico and he just starts... <laughs> he throws primes at people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're having, we're having a podcast studio invasion here. Um, so in the in this match, what I said the, the the crowd was just dead, in my opinion, for the beginning of this match. And I felt so bad for these guys because this is one of the matches I was looking most forward to seeing. 
and the, yeah. yeah, the crowd this was match. the the Baszler Rousey match just crowd until you know about halfway through this match. This is where the complaints came in. The crowd was in. I'm like, there's a reason we were given a very terrible, boring match, and it's a long show. <laughs> and also, I hate to say it, this match was the one I one of the ones I was looking most forward to. It was the most disappointing match of the night for me. Really, just as still, far as how it was. Yeah. I still yeah. thought it was good. The triple threat with Sheamus at WrestleMania was much better. I thought this oh. was a solid match, not a great match. What you need to do, um, Bill, is I know you said you haven't done it yet. You need to go back and watch this match on television. It does play okay. better on TV. Yes, the, sec- the brutality this, in particular. The second viewing, yeah. I enjoyed the match much better than I did while we were there live. Big meaty. But the thing is, the, the Dev wore the shirt, big meaty men slapping me. We were sitting <laughs> too far away to hear the slaps and see like the... <laughs> See, like all the like the red chest and everything, but that was all happening. We just couldn't see it for here. Right. <laughs> Hold on. Drew McIntyre is both too tanned and too fuzzy to have a red chest. <laughs> <laughs> we know this is kind of more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gunther's was very was very McIntyre. red. <laughs> I will say we can't have a Drew McIntyre um, match without having the Drew McIntyre move count. Out of Rey Mysterio has pulled the wool over all your eyes. <laughs> Five. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Five might be all I know is at the end of this match, I my the first thought that ran through my head was, Drew, you were the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the segment. Star, Star Wars, and you are the chosen one. <laughs> I was surprised running. that he just beat him. Like no shenanigans, no Imperium yeah, guys. There was he just right. whooped, just whooped him. Well, <laughs> the, there was a little bit of shenanigans. I mean, there was a definite like falling off the top rope on in straddling the top rope yeah. spot that caused Drew to kind of lose yeah, all of his. Like, uh, but it wasn't from cheating. He just like knocked him out. He, he like he knocked him onto it. You know, like what, legitimately. Gunther doesn't really cheat though. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes he, he has the Imperium guys come out. Yeah, and they do. Yeah, sometimes Kaiser's doing some stuff. That Kaiser can't be trusted. How oh, dare you! <laughs> I love that guy. We didn't talk about him at all, but I love that we got to hear that ring general announcement live. The twir- we missed it. We couldn't see it in the crowd. The quote twirling bit he does when he twirls his coat off. And I saw it, it where we were at. It's beautiful. We see no the- one. Yeah, we could see it all on this planet. Twirls a coat as well as Ludwig Kaiser, and he does it yeah. off. The handoff. It is like it's like yeah. a, <laughs> Catch a quarterback. Perfect, perfect twirl. I feel like if you could look at the coat once he finishes the twirl, it's completely folded perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that man fold a fold a fitted sheet. I bet oh. it's perfection. Right, hundred <laughs> percent. You know he's announcing the whole time while he's doing it too. Right. right. Just, <laughs> listen, I'm just saying. How does Maxine not? No offense to Otis, but. Ludwig walk in, walks into a room, and you you might leave with Ludwig. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think he's I find Ludwig interesting because I feel like he's like in one way he's like a good looking guy. In some ways, he looks a little bit like Muscles Conan O'Brien. <laughs> he's super harsh looking, right? Yeah, but it's like the ang- I think it's the angularness and then like the pompadour. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if you can call him Muscles Conan O'Brien though. There has to be there has to be a better there has to be a better comparison. name. In comparison, Conan's very wiry. <laughs> uh, not. Emaciated, emaciated. Yeah. <laughs> caricature. 
German colon uh, Ryan. And and the white supremacy overtones. See that thing is like, oh my god, freedom. Shinsuke Nazis, turned right? heel. Shinsuke turned heel. <gasps> oh, the Axis powers are coming together, baby. It's real. If he comes out with Imperium next week. <laughs> Breaking news. <Yeah. laughs> the Axis powers have reunited. World War Three, baby. What if they bring it? What if they blow it? Blow it all off with a what World War Three match? Called? Three rings, three rings. Imperium versus America. <laughs> America. <laughs> all of America. Straight up World all War Three. They bring back the Patriot Nut Wilkes. Drew represents the Allied powers. True. I wish they're going to have to bring Wade Barrett back. Cody, Cody's like Mr. American, American Nightmare. Yeah. It's happening. World War Three. <laughs> Dave Meltzer, uh, this match four stars. Pretty um, generous, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but like like I said, played off way better on television than it did for yeah. us in the yeah. in the arena. Um, one thing I want to note too, I haven't seen him hit this move in forever. It was one of the five moves in the Drew McIntyre move count. He hit a future shock DDT. He did. I can't remember the last time I saw that. I think it's when Dean Ambrose started doing that. For this disrespect of Drew McIntyre anymore, <laughs> have to retire the move count. <laughs> it kind, it's kind of, it, it's really just a legacy thing. Like we can't not play that soundbite. <laughs> Since he's come back, he does moves. Like that was his right. old character that didn't do moves. <laughs> I would say they were like they it were, then. I don't like it now. There were five wrestling moves and about a million chops and slaps and punches and. And just crazy heavy clotheslines. That clothesline at the finish, the one he gave him before the power bomb, was brutal. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I don't think we got a chance to discuss this, but you know, former host of the show, Brad, um, Psychic Bill, you have to ask, we have to ask you this question. I mean, Gunther is Brad's favorite wrestler, right? It has to be. Now, it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> there is zero percent chance that's not true. Yeah. I'd be willing to put at least 50 space bucks down on that. His, his <laughs> Facebook is doesn't uh, you could ask him. That's true, we could. His cover photo is Bishop Imperial. <laughs> I just checked. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was probably there. What if he was? Yep. I, I had this in my head canon, I had this like idea. That, like three way Ray was there of his like on his own and like Dad was there on his own. All these people, oh, the whole gang. <laughs> the whole gang. I mean, like, I mean no the guy that team. was in, in front of me might have been his distant relation because he was hard up for Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> little, little too, little too uh, pro Gunther. Dudes, like like me marking uh, out for Cody uh, Rhodes, like circa WrestleMania no. twenty seven. <laughs> oh. No, this this guy's uh, cheering pattern was very suspect. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he had khakis, a, khakis, a polo, and a t shirt oh, no, on his truck. I'm very proud of himself. Oh, oh no, the women's championship match that I did not enjoy our section very much. Oh that. no, <laughs> I heard that that same. Try let me know a little bit. Hearing that from you guys, that same uh, recap YouTube video I watched that called this crazy going the Tigers game. They were talking about the, the least favorite part of their experience was there's a bunch of bros next to them. They were saying terribly misogynistic things during all the women's matches. Oh, like, so we did, it wasn't that bad. Uh, <laughs> but there was a lot of Charlotte Flair chants, which I just don't believe anyone is a Charlotte Flair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. 
I think Charlotte Flair is a Charlotte Flair. So I think Charlotte Flair is a huge Possibly. Charlotte Flair fan. <laughs> I just think any Charlotte Flair fan is an anti, you know, Bianca or Oscar yeah. fan. And I'm going to leave it at that. Same. Yeah. It's cheer for the white I, lady. I liked Charlotte Flair when she was like, you know, in NXT. In NXT. And, and yeah, one, absolutely. And one of, the, one of the, you know, one of the four horsewomen thing. That was, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. No, I had I'm, no problem with her then. Yeah. I met her briefly in NXT. She was one of the lines saying hi to people and she was very nice. <laughs> I'm shocked to hear that, honestly. Yeah. She plays I think a lot of well. people are just, I mean, I think some people were hopeful that she would get the title again and because she's creeping close to yeah, same, was here beat the, same beat titles as her, as her father. You know, I, see, I think she's got yeah. like two more title wins to, to get to the same level as her father. So I think people are hopeful that she's maybe going to surpass that, maybe. I, I mean, but honest- also... You know, racism. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like all of us here on the show just assumed this match was the way it is, it was just to give Flair a title one more time. Yeah. And it, it would have been even, it would even have made sense too that she would have won the match and immediately get cashed in on it. I, I thought they were going to do the ending that they did, but it was going to be Charlotte, not Bianca, that yeah. right. won the, had the brief win. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm glad they did it the way they did it. Um, just because I think that the EO Sky Bianca uh, feud will be better. We just got, we're just talking about, now we're just talking about this match, so we're going out of order again. <laughs> you know what's funny? We've kind of danced around. The, the next match, by the way, we've danced around the entire podcast. I don't know that we've mentioned this match once. It was my favorite yeah. match of the entire night. <laughs> my second favorite, but yes. Fantastic ending. Ugh. I know no one's happy mm-hmm. about it, but it was a fantastic ending. It was a no, good it ending. was really well done. It was really well done. I had, um, I had, uh, so now that. we're talking okay, officially. We're talking about Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. You didn't have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Could we just talk That's about we are. mentioning their names at all? <laughs> <laughs> no demon. Like like how uh, like how Legolas how Frodo doesn't know Legolas's name. Right. That's true. <laughs> uh, so Balor comes out. Um, oh, Bill's like mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Balor comes out and the entire internet as well as us think that there is no chance he's going to lose this match he has the word seven written on his shoulder surgically repaired shoulder I, mean, I didn't see by the way until we watched it back on television I did not catch that live oh you didn't I, I did didn't, I, 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 I caught it on the video because watching him on yep. the, the video feed I, did, I didn't I didn't catch that from the video feed thing I may have even mentioned it to you that's okay I understand how your brain works it's true <laughs> I did notice Seth Rollins wearing his this top of it under under his ridiculous thing that we couldn't see his ridiculous puffy shoulders thing. He was wearing his SummerSlam of that year uh, top. See, the same I, one he wore in that match. I did not know that until I watched it back because yeah. I remember thinking yeah. like, okay, that's funny. Seth is throwing his vest at Finn, and Finn seems really upset about it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Obviously, just trying to get in yeah. Finn's head, but it did. Yeah. I didn't realize no. there was that extra layer of it where he that was the vest he wore when he won the world title. I mean, the yeah, Patron title. Ryan uh, messaged us while we were watching it because he was watching it uh, on the live stream, and he goes, "That's the exact same vest he wore when he uh, messed up Roll- or uh, Balor's yeah. shoulder." And it's like, oh, now it makes sense. Okay, it made a lot more sense. Yeah, Seth is such a <laughs> no, the thing I like about <laughs> Seth Rollins' character is that it's like he's a face just because the crowd likes him. It's kind of that Stone Cold thing a little bit, a very different character, but like he's not yeah, a good guy. Exactly. <laughs> he's the dick, and he's the character's about been a dick for a while now. Like the crowd just cheers him. Right. I gotta say this right off the bat, though. I'm shocked that people thought Finn was gonna win this match. 
There really? is I no way sure Zach drops that within six months. He's going to carry that title at least six months. I just, I thought, I thought, like, well, they have that. I like, they, didn't they make this title so that someone else could win? <laughs> like, <laughs> isn't the point of this? This is a title that can change hands. Okay, so no, go, it's that it's defended. Going yeah. into this match once again on our go home show, every single one of us were like, "If Finn doesn't win this match, then what are we even doing here? What like, are we doing? Here? Like, like he he needs to win this match, or his career is toast. Like, he's got to do something." Now that the whole thing has been completed, I see where they're going with it. I still yes. don't mm-hmm. like it, <laughs> he but I see to, where they're going with the it. Lines, and it's been seven years. He needs to win a big match. He needs to, to win a match. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think watching the vignette prior to the whole match, like, kind of sealed it for me. It's like I, I don't think Finn Finn's walking out of this with the with the title. I mean, it's very clearly like everything that was leading up to this match. It's pretty clear that it's going to be, uh, you know, a breakup of uh, of the stable. It just has to happen. I think. I think they're they're trying to rearrange a lot of things. Um, and this was this was just kind of for me. It it was painted almost perfectly. But like, yeah, I don't think Baylor's is walking out the champ on this one. I you're obviously right. <laughs> but I, I don't I, like it. I don't like it. And I also I thought they were gonna hot shot the title back and forth a little bit here before they finally settled like on a Christian who was Orton kind of thing. Yeah, they, they each pay per view. Like yeah. I thought Finn was gonna win it here, and then the, obviously the feud would then continue because they they do have great matches together, and then eventually the whole Damian Priest thing was gonna get in the way and cost Finn the title. I never thought, honestly, I never thought Priest was going to cash in on Finn. But I totally in my in my head canon, I was thinking, okay, Finn's gonna win at SummerSlam. They're gonna have a rematch at the next, you know, PLE. Finn's gonna win again by the skin of his teeth or whatever. And then the one after that, Seth is gonna win. But it's gonna be Damian Priest's fault that Seth wins. And then Priest cashes in on Seth right there and takes the title back. And that's what would cause the uh judgment data completely implode. I think it's going to be the reverse, though. I, now I'm convinced Priest is going to cash in after Shinsuke, the whole Shinsuke thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to win, and then somehow Finn is going to make him have a match with him, and that's what's going to break. Well, I think I think yeah. this whole thing is setting up Finn to be a very big baby face going into like 2024. No, I think it's the opposite. Really? I think no. I think it's setting Damian yeah. Priest to be a baby face. Mm. Yep. It's. I'm curious. I think since the Bad Bunny match, they've been building him as a big, and and he's old. Like they're going to build him as time. I I think they're going to build him as a big heel, though. I think he's going to. I think he's going to have his run as a heel. I think he's going to be the new leader of the Judgment Day. I think he's going to end up a tweener. Yeah, that could be. I mean, he already kind of is a tweener right now. It's that's the only way Rhea goes with him. But like, what happens with like, you can't break Rhea and Dom up right now. The but, funny thing is, that Rhea and Dom is that Rhea is a face and Dom is yeah. a heel. Yeah, and that's like, the crowd reaction. Like, she gets, I just, it, happened, it happened just it happened on Raw. Like she gets cheered and he gets booed. It's really funny. Yeah, like, it's going to be. Well, everybody loves move. the Dommy mommy. Come on, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it was even funny because they came out on Raw on uh, Monday. It just once again reiterated, like, Rhea Ripley by far is the most jacked member of the Judgment Day. <laughs> of Judgment Day, yes. She has the biggest gains of anybody in that group. I, you know, I'm, I think I've said it. I'm going to say it again. I love her. 
She's no, she's no, she's great. great. She's fantastic. She, I, yeah. you awesome. know, she has really won me over. Like you showed me her. I, you know, I don't know how long ago it's been now, but like just over the arc that I've like started got, I've gotten back into wrestling. Like she might be my current favorite, uh, current favorite female wrestler. Was it? Yeah, that she's mine. Me, yeah, she's mine, and it's not even close. Like it's right co- now. Like like right now, it's <laughs> like right now it's Cody Rhodes, to Ripley. Wow. When yeah. did you start watching again? Because I started at the Royal Rumble and watched her win, and I thought, "Who is this? I don't like this person. <laughs> have to win." But she, and she, that has been a complete one eighty. One eighty, yeah. Because yeah, I was gonna say I just started watching since um, since we just started doing the podcast again. So yeah. what, what was it like? Night of Champions. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh wow, that's like, even faster than me. Later, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right around Night of Champions, I started catching her during our last run of three count radio when we were doing mostly AEW stuff and then sprinkling some NXT in because she was still in NXT then. And she by far, she was definitely like the standout um, women's performer of NXT of that era. And that's where I first like, like latched on to her and her character. And I'm like, okay, this, she is going to be, she's going to be good when she goes into the main roster. And at at the time I think, imagine the feuds that she's going to have with like Sasha Banks and Bailey and Charlotte and, you know, Becky Lynch you know, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's really happened too much. I feel like there's but, really no one can, no one who can really see in toe to with her. No, well, she, they have they have a they have a Raquel Rodriguez pairing that's like her secondary story. And I think it's only because like they physically match up, not because it, like Rodriguez is anywhere near her level, right? And that, and that's the problem. Too. I mean, she's kind of like this generation's China. Like she could literally go toe to toe with. Most of the dude wrestlers on on the yeah, roster. I don't, I don't even necessarily mean like in physicality. I mean like on the mic. Like because. Oh yeah, their whole, their, yeah, her whole presentation. Yeah. I mean, I, next level I, from... I didn't watch during the China era. She was China was not a mic person. Okay, so yeah, she, no. yeah, she she was she was a stand to look menacing in the background. She's a, person. a presence, charis, charisma with China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Raya is definitely uh, she's one of the top female talents i think and um she's also just seems like a a huge fan of the business all around which helps her character immensely because she can really sell like the kayfabe stuff because she you know she's so invested in in the brand that she's willing to do what needs to be done to keep it keep within but also you know make like little jokes like that one uh spot where I can't remember who the wrestler was that had the, the Batman looking uh, luchador mask on, but I know who I am. And she goes, I'm Batman. So she keeps it fun and, you know, she, but she, you know, she's great. That's the thing though. When she, she does, she does do kayfabe very well, but when she, you can tell she's out of kayfabe, you can also tell she's just having a freaking blast being where she's at. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that's the thing that I think really sets her apart is like, like her investment in it and like her, her passion. And I don't know. I don't, I, you know, maybe I'm not watching, um, enough diverse wrestling to, um, get a greater picture of the women's wrestling scene to be able to, from an educated place on that. But, um, I mean, Rhea Ripley's really not something. 
I mean, in the U, I think you, not just you know, AW, like in the U.S. in the women's wrestling scene, she's kind of above everything that's going on. I think right now, and I and I, and I feel like it, I feel a little bad saying this, but I feel like women's wrestling has taken a step back since back when we stopped watching back in like 2015, all the way to like 2019, a Be- little bit because it was really taking it was, off I mean, during that the, era. I mean, main eventing WrestleMania and stuff, and it's kind of I think it's feel like it's taken a step back from then. You still got a couple, a couple of uh, superstars who can do that. They're on that level, but there's still a lot of like more green performers coming up, like <laughs> like Chelsea Green, uh, who are now coming up and haven't quite captured the crowd like that group did back in like mid the mid 2010s. So. Well, the women's tag team title keeps killing performers it, somehow. Yeah, it's cursed. Or, I know. will say. Um, I feel like as long as the show's going, we're not going to end up talking about much more than SummerSlam. But I do feel like there's lots of good stuff happening in the women's division NXT. Like they're the work. They aren't a Ripley yet, but I've invested in a lot of the women characters in NXT right now. And that that comes so. from being able to be afforded like a little bit more time to um, mm-hmm. these uh, the storylines that go through. Like, so I I've, I've enjoyed watching NXT quite a bit. Like, well. So let's go Good back. Job, Papa Sean. <laughs> let's go back to Balor and Rollins real quick. One of my notes here that I had in my, in my rundown is that these two may have been hitting each other harder than Gunther and Drew were hitting each other at one They're point. They're walloping the crap out of each other. Have we addressed the elephant in the about how Dare does did not like Seth Rollins? Oh no, we have not. <laughs> I don't like Seth Rollins. I have a soundbite I can pull from a, an earlier three count radio where you basically said Seth Rollins is garbage and you don't think he's going to make it. Are you not sure about this kid? <laughs> this back, was this back when I was pushing for Alex Riley to be the next main yeah, event? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> Alex Riley next Alex to Riley. Jameis, best wrestler ever. Uh, Seth Rollins garbage could mop the team. I had some yeah. wild opinions in 2015. <laughs> yeah, it was some. It, Alex Riley. It wasn't. It wasn't 2015. I'll say that it was. It was. I was. I was going back and listening to episode 100 of Three Count Radio. So that would have been 2012. Back okay. then, really early, really early, and it was Seth Rollins versus um, Drew McIntyre actually in a match for the NXT World Title when one, they fir- when they were first oh, introducing this is like, it. One move. This is like in case pre shield. <laughs> No, this is pre pre shield. Uh, this is when he had just switched from being Tyler Black to Seth Rollins. And you, this, I, I'm, I don't want to get, I'm going to get the quote wrong. Um, but there, the quote is something along the lines of like, "Yeah, I just, I don't think, I don't know if Seth Rollins. I don't, I just, I'm just not on board with this kid. I don't think he's, I don't know if he's going to make it." And I'm like, "Well, he's wrestling, you know, Drew McIntyre. It's like, and yeah, I don't remember much of that. He's like, "Oh, is that because both Seth and Drew suck?" <laughs> <laughs> I did not I did not like NXT Seth Rollins. I did not like NXT I did not like Seth Rollins for the shield. I did not like NXT Seth Rollins. Guess what? I, didn't like, I, don't I like hated you. the thing where he swung the belt <laughs> over his head. It was a weird thing too. Like that thing where he swung the belt over his head, like it annoyed me. I'm like, this is stupid, stop doing that. He does he did that when he won the belt at WrestleMania thirty one. And then it was great. <laughs> <laughs> then it worked. <laughs> it worked then. I wish he would do it now. Swing it, baby. <laughs> Let me guess, you're also an Austin Theory fan who is basically Alex Riley. Watch Austin Theory and it'd be awesome. Like, five years from now, you'd be like, remember you said Austin Theory sucked? <laughs> He's the biggest star in the business. No, listen. He is a vanilla white guy, just like Alex Riley was, who I was a fan of. <laughs> you know, the problem with Austin Theory is that Grayson Waller exists and he does the same thing, but better. Yes. That and is he's younger. True. And has an Australian yeah. accent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, once again, back to the match. <laughs> 
Uh, we, just, well, we just refuse to talk about this match. Right? <laughs> but it was so good, You though. know why? No, we need to ban this match because he continues to do the coup de gras, which is can't be safe, God. and he's going to kill someone. He's going to kill somebody and blow up both of his knees at the same time. Yeah, but how many, <laughs> how many people has he injured doing the coup de gras, though? Zero. Sure. It's actually a pretty safe See, I, I, no. your Your logic is completely flawed. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Seth brings out the buckle bomb three times in this match. Right? Two people win, at least. <laughs> Including the guys in the match with, and a legend. Sting uh, is right now in AEW, falling off of scaffolds through tables, and is fine. And Seth Rollins almost killed him with that move. <laughs> Stem cells. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So this this match was all of like uh, Finn and Seth's greatest hits, and but the thing about it, it was great. The pacing of this match was fantastic, and there was a point in the match where Finn did the thing on the outside. He did the buckle bomb to Seth, and we're like, okay, all right, this is when it really starts picking up here. Um, there were quite a few, you know, close kickouts, um, even before the Judgment Day showed up. Then the Judgment Day showed up. There was a point in this match where the crowd just completely did a flip flop and started rooting for Finn versus Seth yeah. to win yeah. the match. And I don't know exactly the, the catalyst for it, but I do know it came with a pedigree to Seth, the, a sling blade pedigree and then the coup de gras and i swear to jeebus that i thought finn had won the match for, for no for one second i thought of that i i jumped out of my seat and cheered so hard that i got dizzy and had to sit down yeah <laughs> i almost injured myself we, for that for that for that, for that false count dare, dare and i were making absolute fools out of ourselves in our ada <laughs> section <laughs> like just jumping up and down, like and people in that section are probably like, "Why are these two here?" Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can move. It's not a mobility issue. No. <laughs> but the um, but yeah, I remember thinking like that. What, there was a near fall earlier on, and I, and I just started standing yeah. up and going like, "All right, yeah, let's go!" You know, just go, come on, Finn. And then when that when that um near fall happened. I think I was more devastated about that near fall than I was with the um, WrestleMania 28 Hell in a Cell, Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, the Shawn Michaels guest Super referee. Super into the pedigree. Super kick into the pedigree where I thought the Taker's streak was done at that point. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm still getting, like, you I know, like, <laughs> thinking about this, uh, thinking about that near fall. Another thing I think about that too is that people that this match, the first half of this match, people were also calling out about the crowd not being super into it, and I think people were invested, but they were waiting for the Judgment Day to show up. And when the Judgment yeah. Day walked, when Jamie Priest came down the aisle, that's when the crowd. I think before that, the crowd knows this match isn't going to end until right. the Judgment Day come out. So they were kind of waiting for that. And once it happened, then they were all the way into it. Yeah. And then like it's like like, like Bill mentioned it earlier on the the, the ending of this match. I, I, I hate I hate doing it because I, I just want it for Finn so bad because he's like my boy. Like I've been I've been with this guy since he first started. OG in the, in the yeah. WWE. I mean, not so much when he was doing independent stuff. I know there was a lot more OG people than I am. My 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 experience with him starts in the WWE. I knew a little bit of his like Prince Devitt stuff, but anyway, yeah, that was the, the Bullet Club, baby. Yeah, see, I, I digress, but I just wanted it so bad for him. Email at finnbalor.com. Yeah, the first one at finnbalor.com email address. Exactly. At bulletclub.com email address. It wasn't .com or .uk. But (laughs) I felt felt so 
awful for him how he you know he won the universal title. They were going to hot shot him straight to the top. You know, brand new on the roster, Demon Balor wins the universal title, gets hurt, has to relinquish it, and he's never gotten back there. And I thought I wanted I wanted this to be his moment. I wanted it so bad. I mean, he's had a good career. You can't argue that. I'm sure he's happy with it in WWE, but he's like that injury is still a big what if. Like things would have been very different if he wouldn't, didn't get hurt at that SummerSlam match. Right. And just so I don't, I've, I've said it before, it ends with Damian Priest getting fed up with Seth and he's like, with Finn, he's like, all right, fine, you know, I'll do what you want me to do. And he leaves the briefcase there for Finn to grab. And he goes and distracts the ref and Finn starts crawling toward the briefcase and Seth just out of nowhere. The camera angle they used was perfect for it. Yeah. He just jumps up and mm-hmm. stomps his face on the in the briefcase mm-hmm. and wins. And Mike is devastated, but it's can't deny that was a fantastic ending to that match. Dave Meltzer, four point five stars, tied the Cody Brock match. I agree. Yeah, that was a, that was a really uh, see that was my favorite match of the night. I keep I forgetting it's Brock out of five. Dave Meltzer hated the show. <laughs> I want to mention, I do keep forgetting it's out of five, and I keep thinking it's out of ten, and I'm like, this is brutal. Damn, Dave. (laughs) Rough. (sighs) Okay, I'm spent. And then I think, we got to order, but I do think, again, the crowd a little deflated at the start of the women's matches. Again, I think we were exhausted and a little let down that there wasn't a title change from the Mm. the end of this match. I I will also say too the I feel I felt like the first ten minutes of the the women's match was sloppy, it was sloppy, and I almost had the thought I'm like did they not like you know work on this match at all backstage did they not like produce this match at all did they are they just kind of like calling it while out there just as we go and because I I noticed the, the one thing I noticed is like they kept doing this spot where Asuka would hold Bianca for Charlotte to attack her. They did it like three times during that match, and finally well, the third one of, time. One of those times was because Charlotte was about to bust out of her top. Oh yeah, oh, there was a wardrobe malfunction thing. Yeah. I didn't, I did not notice that myself. So yeah, yeah I think the, 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 the very first up, time, yeah, the that there was that up, strange like, pioneer things for behind, like a yeah, oh. okay. It actually worked out. I thought it the two in the corner played it really well because Bianca starts to throw back elbows at Asuka, and then Asuka, like, tries to put her into a, a lock, and then that's when Charlotte is finally tied up again. And <laughs> I felt like this is kind of the tale of two matches, and the first half was pretty rough, but the second half, even before the cash and stuff, was pretty good. Like, I think it picked up. Mm-hmm. It got really, got really good by the end. By the end. Who, um, who here thought that Bianca was actually hurt when she went to the outside? A hundred percent. I really, I was sold on it. The way they treat it, even we obviously in the arena we didn't give the commentary, but like the way they had like this like the medical team like run the way they ran out like there was a bunch of them like this kind of the way they handled it, it made like like oh something went wrong. Yeah, then when I was sold right up until I saw on the jumbotron her trying to walk away, and it's all like I've injured my knee. Yeah. She is definitely not. No, that was the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was not, like, it was when she tried to walk on her own. I'm like that's a wrestling yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They should have wheeled her. They wanted to go really far. They should have wheeled her out and had her come back, like, you know, out of the back of the ambulance or whatever. Mick Foley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But Mick Foley calls the spirit of 76 return yeah. <laughs> in his book when he talked about that. Oh, man. I, I can't picture things in my head because I have aphantasia, but I can picture Mick Foley sliding down the damn ramp and I, on, that, <laughs> on, that, on that, uh, that gurney or whatever. The gurney. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, Bianca comes back in and one the finish of this match actually is one of my one of my favorite finishes to a triple threat match that I've seen in a long it was time. Great. Um players got Bianca, you know, with the hurt leg in the figure eight. And of course Asuka had been out for a for a hot minute. He comes in, spits the mist into Charlotte's face, and while still in the figure four or eight or whatever, um, Bianca is able to grab Asuka and roll her up for the win. Yeah, like, actually, that's something yeah. I didn't notice live. I went else on the replay that I didn't realize she was still in the figure right. four hold yeah. while she was doing that roll up. Like, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. And but, a, but wait, there's more. Well, of course, because <laughs> yeah, you have so a you have a detriment yeah detrimentally injured uh, champion who just won the title. It doesn't spell good for anybody who still has a uh, money in the bank briefcase that still exists. <laughs> there's a briefcase. Fifty yeah, percent of Detroit crowd though. That thing popped almost as loud as when Elvis that was right. Just yeah, that was the, yeah. not the like match or like was the second. That was one of the biggest pops of the night when that damage call music hit. Well, for like, most of the people in the crowd, yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> other stuff. So it was like Taylor Swift had entered. The thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will I will say that I've never really thought about it up until this point, but dear God, did EO Sky have the perfect music yes. for a Money in the Bank cash in? <laughs> With that little, like, the um, that noise, that pulsing noise at the beginning of her, her song. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them should make that a, the alarm for Money in the Bank. Like, anytime anybody for Money in the Bank comes out, like, that noise plays. Right. <laughs> it's like the alarm for the Money in the Bank cash-in. And, of course, you know, there's so many there's so many false cash-ins. You wonder, like, how is this going to happen? There's so many people out there. And I love that she just gave the briefcase to Bailey, and Bailey just mowed them down that with the briefcase. That was great. Yeah. As yeah. Like, hey, you I take care my- of this. What I thought was great was when that happened. So before they finished getting to the ring, they turned face. Like that whole, that whole stable from the way they did the handoff friendship, you know, beat everybody down thing. Like, oh, they just turned face while they're doing the cash in. <laughs> yeah, that EO pop was also one of the biggest of the night. Yeah. I also think it was cool that the crowd recognized the whole Dakota Kai thing coming in to celebrate too. She got mm-hmm. a pretty good pop coming in out of the. Yeah. Uh, She's been out for a while. I don't think she's yeah. not. I don't think she's cleared to wrestle yet because on um, yeah. SmackDown they came out and you know caused turned heel again, obviously, and uh, <laughs> uh, came back out and caused a little bit of a, a ruckus. But Dakota Kai was not involved in that ruckus whatsoever, so probably not cleared to actually compete. But it was cool that she's back there with. So yeah, so Io Sky new uh, women's, um, WWE ta- uh, women's tag team champ, women's uh, world champion. Or just women's champion. David. WWE women's champion. Yes, because now, cause now the, they, they changed the name. So it's WWE women's champion and the women's heavyweight champion. The world like champion. You know, I think it's the women's, women's, world, women's world champion. Yeah. It's confusing. Come on, I, Dare. It's 2023, but do you think they're going to put heavyweight, heavyweight on the women's side? championship? I, it was the world championship, but they kept. I will note that I like having worlds instead of worlds. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> put it, Matt Stryker. <laughs> Dave Meltzer, 3.5 stars. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I think that's fair. I think I agree with that. What a foreskin wrinkle. <laughs> wow. I um, like that match. That's so, 3.5 is not a bad rating. No, it's not. 3.5 no, is a, is oh, it's a not very out of 10. Good, that's right. Out of, yeah, not out of 5. <laughs> he calls that. He says he said 3.5 is a very good match. Is how he describes it himself. Considering that like back in the day, it was rare for a WWE match to get above 3 with him. 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At a pay-per-view. And then add... Like a women's match as well in the WWE. 
You'd so, be lucky if yeah. that was above a point five. Like main event, yeah, main event matches last before like four, five, ten, six years ago were like yeah, three stars from him. So I will point out that we are now like um, looks like an hour and forty five minutes into this this um, seven hours podcast, into the show. and um, we still have the Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns match to talk about, <laughs> which once again we've kind of not really ah. mentioned. The what, is, I mean, what is there really to talk about? It was, you know, it was so. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the main event? <laughs> so, this is the thing. I don't know if you guys have heard this. I don't know if you guys have heard this. That did change a little bit what I felt about it. Apparently, very early in the match, Roman Reigns got injured. Yeah. So, that, that, so something about that match never, pick, never picking up, and we how slowly paced it was. That apparently he hurt his back pretty early in the match. Yeah, that that spot where Jay jumps off, does a suicide dive onto Roman near the entrance ramp, and he's kind of in that like corner area there. Oh, and Jay hits yeah. him kind of um kind of awkwardly. I think that was not even five minutes into the match. No, yeah, yeah Roman Roman got like bad hurt right there. Because that That's was interesting. Because I thought Jay was injured because he kept holding his hand and moving it in a, mm. like a. It, yeah, like like a, you got feeling like kind of thing. Was, yeah. I think yeah. at, at some point, I know that Roman must have conveyed to both Jay and the uh, the, the referee that, hey, I got something going on here with my back. You know, it's, I'm going to make it through this match, but we might have yeah, to. I think take, that's why. Which is like, why Jay, Jay probably much- was doing the arm thing and that yeah. it was to give mm-hmm. Roman the, the rests that he needed. And even why Solo got, I think Solo was as involved. There's a part of the match here that the last third where like it felt like it was a turn into a Solo versus Jay match. I think that was probably right. on the fly thing too. Like you guys got to do some stuff here. Like the, the part where so he that was... did maybe like I get it because there's a whole thing where like it started like a typical Roman Reigns match, but usually it then builds and mm-hmm. gets to that crescendo point, And this one didn't. It really and never. Yeah, it that, really. It that never was really, the reason why it never really became like a fully like fast paced wrestling match at any point. No, that's because he got hurt. Like one of the the biggest example of this that I can think of is that he um after he gets hurt, they're still on the outside, and Jay just kind of like leaves Roman over in the corner and like sets up and then goes over and like starts taunting Heyman for no reason. Yeah. That would start yeah. chanting, we want tables. Right. And so yes. Jay's like, okay, yeah, that'll kill a few minutes. I'll, I'll get a table. He's like, great. This is the first time this chant hasn't been annoying. I'll get one. <laughs> let's let's get a table out. That'll call that'll give Roman a few more chance a few more minutes to recover here. Yeah. Actually so, yeah. that got a huge pop for me though, because it was like, We want tables. And like, I hate this he's, chant, but oh, he's getting a table. He did right. it. <laughs> he did the thing. He's responding. So of course, and of course, the, 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 the entrances, the, it always feels like an, it always feels like an event. Even much long and ridiculous Roman Reigns entrances, it feels like a big deal when it comes out. And that Jay entrance was great with all the crowd, all the us white people doing the thing <laughs> <laughs> with hands. It was awesome. But there's, there's like some of those wide shots of that where he would jays up in the corner with no. everybody. Like, that was cool. I mean, can, by the way, can I say it? For it being a wrestling show in Detroit, there were way too many white people there. <laughs> Once again. That's who goes to Detroit. Now. I know. Have you been downtown Detroit? Like, have you watched wrestling? Have you been to down, anything in downtown Detroit? It just makes me sad. That's all. Hey, downtown Detroit is Disneyland with alcohol for <laughs> and gambling for white people. My seatmate was not. There you go. I, I yeah, there was a, there was a lady two two rows uh, down from us that was like super hot for 
Bianca winning, and then yeah, was she was devastated pale. when Neos got <laughs> cashed. The one person upset in the arena when the when the cashing happened. Yeah, I was he, upset. You see, like, I, I mean, I, I saw it coming, but I was upset. I kind of feel like it was like a callback to that old SNL skit where they did like let's spot the the black people at the Knicks game, <laughs> and it was like it would like pan the crowd, and they're like, oh, there's one there, and oh, there's one over here. Yeah, oh, was, and there's no, there's Spike was, Lee, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty white situation. Yeah, but no, yeah, the crowd, the crowd did love themselves some Jey Uso there. Not Puerto Rico, uh, Detroit. No, 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 not Puerto Rico. That's true. Um, so the yeah. whole bloodline thing, though, I think as a group, they do an excellent job of working the crowd. Oh yeah, like they interact with the crowd better than any other thing going on right now. And again, I probably, I probably, we probably won't talk much about this week. It's how long the show has gone, but there was like. Yeah. You know, everyone was mad at the end. Like the arena left deflated, and I kept seeing it online people. This storyline's finally jumped the shark. They ruined it. SmackDown this week? No, it's good. It's still, yeah, it's still no, good. It came back. They're, 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 they're telling the story still. I get it. <laughs> like it's still going. Yep. It still makes sense. Like the way they played out, where it was Jimmy. Like, it makes sense because they had that whole thing when when Jay took that match. Jimmy was out injured, and he told him before that happened. Like I don't, he was, you know, we don't, we went out. I don't want you to be the tribal chief. Right, and so yeah. you know, I, like I get it. Like he's not back with Roman. Like he would have been back with Roman, that would have ruined. It. Like you just re- like it was like an NWO swerve, and he just rejoined the bloodline. But or that's not what they said. I want but to be the chief. This, Anything yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Does this lead into Jimmy and Jay finally retiring, and this mm-hmm. leads into them having their dream match of fighting each other and sunset in their career? I don't that's know interesting. because. Jimmy is this close to a title. Like, people believe that he can carry it now. And I think. I mean, I, I think Jimmy and Jay both can carry the big title, but also, I mean, they're not. Do they want not to? That they, young yeah. either. They're younger than Damian Priest, though. Well, it's true. true. And LA Knight, actually. See, I, I found out, yeah, I found out on SmackDown this week that they are 37. Because they said 37 years. I'm about to throw 37 years down the train here. Really in wrestling, like, 40 is like the new, like, 32. Like, <laughs> compared to, like, the <laughs> well, wrestling like we were growing now, up. Now, now, now we jo- we, here's, the, here's my problem. Like, we joked about, or we say that, you know, Jay or Jimmy could carry the big title. But there's a really big problem with that. Is that it's going to be Roman. <laughs> until <laughs> WrestleMania. And then it's going oh, to yeah. be Cody. And then it's going to be Cody. <laughs> And then he's going to have the title for quite a bit, or you know, you know, whoever who he's feuding with. I don't see him feuding with Jay or Jimmy anytime soon. Though you know, once again, they get to WrestleMania and they do another shakeup or draft, and you can have those guys going for the World Heavyweight Championship. So, so are we saying this title is getting back to like the old days of wrestling, where the only time it changes hands is at Madison Square well, Garden? Right. Well, because yeah. I I don't know how old Cody is, but Cody. 74. <laughs> Cody wrestles <laughs> safe enough to where he could easily wrestle until his like think, mid 40s. I, I was joking. I think he's 35. Okay. So, I mean, honestly, Cody. Cody is 38. 38? 38. His, okay. He's older than I thought. As is Roman Reigns. Like, I think, I think Cody Gosh. could have a five plus year run at the top of the WWE with the, with the way that he wrestles. If I move wrong during the course of the day, my whole like week is shot. And these guys are older than me at my age, and they're wrestling every week. What is happening? Uh, well, they have. How do they, I get some of these stem cells? Personal <laughs> trainers. Um, they, yeah. you know, they work out every day. Uh, probably oh, multiple times like a day. Much, uh, 
eat, well, every day. Eat, eat, <laughs> probably eat pretty well for the most part. Yeah. Um, have money and stem cells and stem cells, money and stem cells. I don't know how we're having this conversation and no one's brought up Rey Mysterio who throws his body <laughs> around like it's a I'm penny that nobody Ray, wants. Ray United States champion Rey Mysterio. I just yeah. want to mention that friend of the show, Terry Crews, 55 people. Right? 55. <laughs> or also an, an active wrestler. <laughs> he could be, though. That's true. Can't wait, I can't wait until that surprise Royal Rumble intro in Terry Crews <laughs> comes out wearing a three-count radio shirt. I want Titus to start wrestling again, and then Terry Crews comes out as his dad. That would be amazing. <laughs> you mean Sold. you mean uh, uh, Big Deal Titus O'Neil that both Dustin and I thought was Terry Crews because yes, like, I do. <laughs> we're in Detroit, and it would have made so much sense to have Terry Crews, there. right? <laughs> and then I'm like looking, I'm like, oh no, that is not Terry Crews. <laughs> uh, actually, since we're talking about SummerSlam and have completely neglected the bloodline storyline at this point it ended whatever <laughs> there it didn't zero <laughs> celebrity sightings at SummerSlam, and that was disappointing yeah you know i was expecting like you know other than logan somebody i mean i thought uh-huh. at the very very yeah. least that you know detroit lions head coach uh dan campbell would be there i mean he he basically right. is like the wwe wrestler of the nfl yeah. I'm I'm surprised. You know, obviously, obviously, training camp is going on. Later on, we find out that Sheamus actually went to Dan Campbell <laughs> versus Dan yeah, Campbell coming to Sheamus. Any famous? <laughs> no. It was. It was. I don't think so. That paper. Sorry that that ple for a big stadium show was as wrestling focused as any I can remember any recently. This is. I realized while we were watching it that. With that, how how that was structured, how it was just match, 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 and with the thing with you know where the Trish Stratus was off the card and Becky Lynch and the you know no uh, no um Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, I'm realizing that Triple H is treating his PLEs like NXT takeovers, and that's what they were. There'd be five, six, there'd be a set amount of matches, and lots of people wouldn't be on the card even if they're in current storylines, and they'd have those give those all those matches a lot of time. That's how he likes to do things. That's the difference between a Triple H pay per view and a Vincent Man one. It's not a spectacle. It's a he's not going to get. Yeah, he's not going to do all this having celebrities and doing skits and having three minute matches. Like he's not going to do that. And I'll tell you what, judging by uh, Dave Meltzer's uh, re- the reviews of all these matches, Triple H is making the correct decision. <laughs> and I mean, they're doing bigger numbers ever in attendance and in viewership and like even compared to the Peacock previous years, like it's working. Right. I mean, there there are times where I remember watching like these pay per views and thinking like this is bad like wrestlemania 27 as much as i do look back at it with even somewhat rose colored glasses that that wrestlemania was really bad you know they had like michael cole versus lawler and like i hear like a bunch of like backstage (laughs) segments with like Pee Wee herman and stuff like it was that's that's like that's the vince stuff right rest in peace Pee Wee. (laughs) and and you and you did nearly you did nearly nearly kill yourself trying to get to wrestlemania 27 and the highlight of the freaking night was Cody Rhodes as undashing Cody Rhodes beating Rey Mysterio. That, that tells you something. That is that is mean <laughs> to no, that triple. That is, that is pretty pretty harsh. That triple H Undertaker match which was actually really good. Yeah, that, that match was. Yeah, I I stand behind what Mike said. <laughs> dashing Ains- slash undashing. Ainsley doesn't Rhodes care about Triple H iteration. Or Undertaker. She cares about the Undertaker. Undertaker was. <laughs> I hope that sound over the microphone. Have you met Ainsley? 
Dave Meltzer, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, 2.75 stars. Okay. I, I, Probably accurate again. I was going to say that that's chalked up to that injury. Okay. I have a lot more respect for both of them after finding out that, that Roman no, got hurt. I, my, my, I, I don't feel it. After hearing that and how the SmackDown storyline played out, I feel a lot better about that whole main event than I did when I was watching it and going home. But, oh, boy. Did it seem like everybody was leaving that uh, stadium pretty pissed. Mad. Uh, <laughs> casual fan Dustin was pissed. Yeah. So much so Big that mad. he said, I'm going to watch wrestling this week because I'm so pissed. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see how I get you. I hate WWE. I hate all of this. I'll see you all next week. <laughs> I got one. He's like, I'm going to watch Monday night. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. You better watch Friday as well. <laughs> they'll have the yeah, answers that you that. really want. He's been out the brand, brand spit work. He's like, I, I'm going to watch Monday and find out what happened. Like, oh, these guys, you actually got to watch on Friday too. <laughs> but he got his LA night on Monday, so that was yeah. Well, I felt I felt bad for LA night too because he had his like you know his coming out party promo against the Miz, who's like you know kind of like the measuring stick with that kind of stuff, and then he flubbed the line. Yeah, it didn't. I think it was, it was okay. Like it was. It, it was wasn't like it was just, yeah, it was he just recovered pretty quickly, and it was just picked it up. It's just one of those kind of brain farty things it, that happens to people. And it's fine. He He's not going to suffer because of it. Just like, once again, as a fan of the guy, I just wanted it to go perfectly. Just wanted it to be clean. <laughs> perfectly, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I wanted it to just come off flawlessly, and it didn't. Loved the toilet line. We've all been this... there. <laughs> <laughs> I've loved the toilet. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember exactly how it, he does that kind of stuff. Actually, one of his more famous things from when he was in NWA, when he was starting to get noticed, kind of doing this kind of character is doing now, was he gave a promo where he meant to, I can't remember exactly, but he meant to say jacket and he said shoes. It was very confusing. And he stopped himself and he went, did I just say jacket when I meant shoes? And he was like, ha ha! And it just kind of going from it. But <laughs> yeah. It kind of came like a, yeah. <laughs> it does basically what he did, like when he caught himself. So he's not a guy that's like, he doesn't know, he's not always perfect. Like he'll make right. flubs and mistakes, even though he's really good on the mic otherwise. I can relate to that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but I can respect someone who like just keeps going. Yeah. And, yeah. That's what you gotta yeah. do. Yeah. Or owns it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, who was it? I don't remember. It's it, it might be like somebody that's not in this group of people right now. St. Like, Thomas I, of Assisi. Because I have I have a buddy at work who I talk wrestling with, a producer named CJ. So it may be him who we talked about. He is convinced that um, that LA Knight is either walking into or out of WrestleMania next year with the world title. And I, like, you, it, must, it must have been CJ because I remember shaking my head. I'm like, no. I want that, but I don't. It'd be nice. It's really cool. Like, like, oh, my best case scenario IC title, really. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Like, whoever takes it off. Maybe a world title feud. I think think he's still. uh, I don't don't think there's any chance whatsoever he wins the Royal Rumble this year because I feel like there's a lot more people who makes more sense of Royal Rumble. But Royal Rumble, you know, 2025. Hmm. Yeah. WrestleMania could have a number lock? one contender match. Those were things. <laughs> yeah, my lock of the week is that LA Knight wins Royal Rumble 2025. <laughs> and we'll be there in attendance because I still have to see a Royal Rumble. Where is it this that year? It hasn't been announced. Where is it this year? John Cena is going to try to pitch for it to be in London. I'm not completely sure because the Wikipedia uh, story, uh, the Wikipedia um Links kind of end at the uh, the November pay per view Survivor Series. Yeah, then, yeah, it ends at Survivor Series, and then cuts to WrestleMania, WrestleMania this year. 
We, yeah, we don't even. Maybe, sure where... maybe it hasn't been announced. I don't know. What if it is? Uh, it doesn't in... look like it's announced. I think of um Minnesota. They've been do they've been doing uh Royal Rumbles in baseball stadiums the last couple of years. That's not no. They did it in a football the stadium rumor, last year. The rumor is it's going to be in Florida, Orlando, or Tampa. I mean, it's in January, so it makes sense that it's in a southern so, place. If Royal Rumble is in Florida, Wisconsin, Minnesota, neither one of those domed stadiums, mm-hmm. or Illinois, be, huh? Illinois or Illinois? If it's in any one of those four places, let's do it. Let's go. What do you think? But, but, Ooh, yeah, but, but you won't. But you won't do WrestleMania. This this outdoor. I, I want to do WrestleMania in Philly. You know what? I'll take the forty-five. After the way I sweated, sweated at that Tigers game, I'll take a forty-five degree WrestleMania. Well, t- tickets go on sale Show me some next Friday, kids so I can boo them. I've got I've got a, uh, a a code right here on my phone. I have been pushing so hard for you to go to. WrestleMania in Philly. That's because you secretly really want to go. Well, you don't even secretly. I'm not even trying to go myself. Oh, I thought you. I thought you wanted to go because you just want to go back to Philly. No, I. I. I don't even. I'm not even looking to go because someone has to again stay home and watch the kids. But like, it's it's a place where we have a friend that you could stay. It's a city that we're intimately familiar with. It's a city that we know really, really well. You've been all up in that city. (laughs) I mean. We lived there for three years. So. Yeah, we lived there for three years. Um, you know, it's not that far. I think your kids are old enough to watch themselves. Yeah. Well, you know what? No. No. Not even <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. We would take I like them. how there's not even a conversation about the kids doing WrestleMania. <laughs> no, no. You know, no. <laughs> That's like, like, like a $300. Isn't, dollars isn't wrestling for the children? That, for, yeah. not 40 year olds? But no, I guess not. That would 100% be a like week long trip to Philly just to check out Philly and actually do some of Because we went, we lived in Philly for all that time. Didn't once go to the art museum. Didn't once do a couple of the other like really Philly type touristy things yeah. that we would like to do with the kids now that they're a little bit older. But that totally like, smells of like a, okay, we're going to do all this stuff, but you know, Aunt Lindsay. Is gonna watch the kids on WrestleMania nights. I mean, and she would, <laughs> and she totally she would because she's awesome. But <laughs> I love that Volunteer we're on the wrestling stuff. podcast, and you're like the art museum, the art museum, <laughs> in the in the in the baby setting. Hi, <laughs> <I> old. <laughs> no, here's the thing: we are two hours and five minutes into the show. If you've stuck around this long, you can deal with a little bit of real life talk. <laughs> When are we going to start talking about AEW Collision from this week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, Ainsley and I watched it specifically. <laughs> I watched. I, I saw a CM Punk match this week. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> it was good, too. I like his new trunks. That's my commentary. <laughs> um, um, Jay Uso lost, by the way. He won the match. He, he, he we never Jay mentioned either that Jimmy came back and screwed him over. Yeah. Which at the time what didn't make any sense to me at no. all. Listen, it's still bullshit. <laughs> Bill's still bad. I'm not. I'm not going to censor myself on that. But, but I will say my lock there of the week. There goes a monetization on this one. My lock of the week <laughs> came through with flying colors. I said that Roman Reigns was going to win, especially after watching that Cody documentary. I'm like, nobody's going to take that title off of Roman, but Cody. <laughs> my lock of the week was that Finn Balor was going to win. So. I cannot wait 
until Santos Escobar beats Roman Reigns for the title. <laughs> I can't wait. I to I'm not even does. sure he's going. I'm not even sure he's going to beat Rey Mysterio at this point. <laughs> I can't wait till he, he appears on he appears on NXT in three weeks. Start wrestling for the NXT title. Oh, I mean, he has been on NXT a lot lately. But to be fair, they kind of have treating NXT very much so like the ECW third brand where main guys it's, show up on that show quite a bit. It's working too. Their ratings have been way up like 25% in the, in their biggest, in the quarter hours are like the dominant segments. Like it's, it's when Seth Rollins was there a few weeks ago, yeah. that's working. I'm, I'm all, I'm all about watching NXT now, especially it's only an hour it's long. Good. It's an hour long. It's no, not it's not. I just learned it is two hours. The version you're watching on Hulu was trimmed down like Raw is. And if you go to Peacock and watch it, it's an hour and 26 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah, you're missing stuff. I just learned that this week. Speaking of two hours, I just want to thank Big Dev and Psychic Bill for spending two hours of their day with us to record this. (laughs) Wasting their Sunday. Like, sincerely, thank you guys for joining us today. This is really great. It's been fun. Yeah. Well, I'm speaking for Dev now. I say, and and um, you can hear this firsthand. We're we're definitely we're going to take a hiatus here after the show. We've kind of a, this is a pre-announced hiatus, so this isn't one of those things where we go away for three years <laughs> out of nowhere. We're going to take a, a hiatus, a for short about, a short one, yeah. while we get our kids ready, yeah. ramped up for school for about a month, we'll and then we're going to start doing this show again. You know, maybe Whoa. not weekly, but you know, probably, regularly, probably bi-weekly. Mike has forgotten about Darren Ainsley's Sweet Magnolia Recap Podcast. Is going to fill in those four weeks. I am not. I've, I've recently figured out. I've recently figured out how to make a channel on oh, Apple Podcasts, where you could actually have your very own show if you wanted. All that. You got to figure out what's mm-hmm. going on with Cal and his big mad. He has yeah, in the last have, season. We have a resolution to the big mad, by the way, people. Yeah. So teasing that the deep teams. Is Helen going to choose Eric or or uh, Ryan? Like we got things going on. <laughs> right, I had right no now. issue getting on the show. What I'm saying is we're going to be doing more shows in the future and both of you open invitation. Absolutely. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. So we might even be able to bring a guest or two if you're interested. Hey, you know, we got Let's get the whole crew looking, looking at, as long as Ainsley and I are both sharing a, uh, a slot here and I can't do sound bites the traditional way. <laughs> We have two guest slots still open right there. Who has no regret Tina Cena tattoo Tony's phone number? <laughs> His Twitch name. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash recount radio. Um, yeah, so I, I think we've pretty much through all of this talked about all the stuff on Raw or SmackDown that we want to talk about, so I'm not going to that stuff. Collision Just, time. Nope. Collision. No. Nope. <laughs> this week got AEW collision. <laughs> CM Punk Tina Bowl. FDR. Shinsuke turned heel, obviously going to join the Axis next week, but that's a different thing. Uh, no, but he, <laughs> that uh, was a legit surprise. Like That swerved yeah. me when, they, yeah. when he turned. Like, that's great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So obviously we know Seth's next opponent is Shinsuke. What's interesting is I thought that Raw was going to set up what Cody's going to do next, and it did not. It set up what Seth's going to do next, and we still don't know what Cody's going to do next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I, I thought they were setting up Cody versus Seth. Me too. They're going to tease that till it's yeah. They're going to tease that forever. They're going to tease that till they want to unify those titles again and have one world championship. Because they constantly <laughs> change their mind about that. I will say, as a Cody fan, I'm a little frustrated. <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> so you didn't get 
He'll they'll have something for him. They're gonna bring yeah, him up sure three gonna... times on every raw like they have been for the last. <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> I want to talk about what they're Yo. gonna do with you. <laughs> I 100 percent already know. I've been the answer. waiting long enough. What What do you want to do with Cody? <laughs> <laughs> I want that man to have his belt. <laughs> He has a belt. He's he gives it away to the kids on the way. He gives it to the kids every week. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to have the kid. North American belt. His next like, big feud is Dom. I'm for it right now. <laughs> Cody Dom. I'm for it. Their, their match the head was fun. He already, be, he already beat his words. daddy in 27. Going to be done. <laughs> what if What if Ray came out like with Dom? Like Ray crossed over. That came back to Dom, Dom turns uh Dom turns face, redons the Luchador mask, <laughs> and it's legacies. <laughs> a legacies match. Oh, it's like it the new redress. legacy. What if you he think re- tag team match? They bring t- they get Ted DiBiase Jr. out of prison to make him <laughs> 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 It was like a cage match, so it's like Bray, a prison match. You know, Bray, Wy- uh, Bray Wyatt, Ted DiBiase Jr. <laughs> Dom and Cody wow. in the Fatal Four Way. <laughs> there you go. That's a because still in the, the since WWE. Dom has done hard time, he can then break back into prison <laughs> to break Teddy DiBiase out. <laughs> It'll be a reverse break in. Yeah. Prison break now. Man, Martin Scorsese, this is cinema. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I'm not going to stretch this show out any longer here. Thank you for joining us. Three Count Radio's big SummerSlam show. Thank you for joining us this entire season of Three Count Radio. It's been fun. So much fun that we're going to keep doing it, eventually. Eventually. Enjoy enjoy it. Especially since we've all started doing the show together in the same room again, or for the first time ever. That's been a lot of fun. But anytime we have guest hosts, we will accommodate. So, Justin Tattini. Holy moly. (laughs) I'm so old. Justin.tv. Remember JustinTV.com or whatever that was? Just No. No, Grandpa. That's what we used to stream on when we first started doing Three Count Radio. Thanks for joining us on Tout. <laughs> Tout no, this predates Tout. Like, wait a Thank minute. Thank you for joining us on Ask Jeeves. Geocities.com. We're going to have a MySpace soon. Live you go journal. to Alta Vista and like type in how do I check? <laughs> to be to be completely honest, we're kind of at a point where Twitch.tv is kind of old technology. <laughs> Twitch Twitch actually owns Justin TV. <laughs> <laughs> do we have a MySpace page? Corporate synergy. All right, Twitch.tv/slash Three Count Radio. Hey, I also did a couple new things this week you are listening to the show and you would like to check it out, we have a new Facebook page. We have a new Instagram account. I'm going to start using those things eventually. They're going to be uh, doing things like, you know, posting fun segments on the show or just whatever. There's traps. Yeah, exactly. You know, memes. You know, I will slow. I'm, I'm slowly starting to go low carb again, so it's going to start getting real sexy in here again. You know, that um, starts. Those Bill Hader memes where he's dancing to that song. Oh yeah, people love those. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, check that out. Of course, there's that stupid wanker in uh, in England who's, who's usurped Three Count Radio's other stuff. So don't go to Facebook.com/slash Three Count Radio because that's bad. Go to Facebook.com/slash Three Count Radio. As for a podcast, yeah. we made it simple for you. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually as a joke. I think I'm gonna like message him and send like a cease and desist order. <laughs> See what happens. 
I'm here for the tea. That's both. Get the one. So there's one that exists. And slang. <laughs> there's one you can find online that's literally the one that the WWE sent the Young Bucks to stop using the too sweet thing. Find that one and just send it to Okay. <laughs> don't change it. Just send it to <laughs> Now, don't get me wrong. I 100% feel like we have the naming rights of Three Count Radio. We were around many, many years and established before this guy started doing his thing. I mean, as far as. I old. I mean, we're really old. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I don't. Like, I <laughs> you know, age wise. Cat. Like, this person was probably. Hey, it's a Texas cat. Um, like, this person was probably born around the time that we started right. podcasting. Exactly. <laughs> Give him the F5. What's, what's, your, what's your cat's name? Evie. Hi, Evie. Evie, Evie. can't hear me. Here no. Earbuds. Right. Talking to the cat. <laughs> oh, thanks, Give Cole. the cat an earbud. Hi, yeah. Evie. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners love that. <laughs> uh, what else did I want to do? I don't think anything. He wanted uh, to thank our guests, even though th- I already oh, did. Yeah, thank you for Psychic Bill and Big Dev for joining us for not only for the, the the podcast here, but also for SummerSlam in general, making the uh, and the that was fun. And also, thank you, Logan Paul, for prime energy <laughs> and prime hydration. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, reach out. <laughs> and good evening, friends!